This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Sean Wildclaw of Fairy, Kaval Fulmin of Lamia, Exuki Nosoki of Goblin. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Last week, we ran a paid sponsorship whose commercial implied that Scurro's Anal Corks only sold anal corks. This is not the case. In order to correct this misunderstanding, in the most amicable way possible, we are providing Scurro's Anal Corks with one advertising spot free of charge. We apologize for any inconvenience that this may have caused. Thank you. Do you not have the time to go dumpster diving anymore? Is your trash route being overrun by the undesirables? Wish you could get that fresh garbage smell without jumping over the fences? Then come on down to Scurro's Anal Corks and more in Ulda. Here at Scurro's Anal Corks and more, we offer only the most magnificent muck money can buy. Of course we have anal corks, but that is just the beginning. Pamama peels, torn tissues, worn wardrobe, recycled rubbers, dirty diapers, used ursine urine, plentiful plugged panties, and over a dozen different varieties of empty cans. So stop on by to Scurro's Anal Corks and more next to the crazy kooky cookie factory and the urinals. Don't forget to check out our garbage buffer bar it's all you can eat. Scurro's anal corks and more because debris is free, but your time isn't. Live from Aorzia. Limit. Break. Behold the horror you have wrought. Carlo. I said don't take your clothes off. Juxtaposition. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Happy to have you along here on Sunday at 4 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio is where you can listen to the show live. We hope that you would because we want to hear from you today on the show. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord are the ways that you can call in today. But we want to hear from you about your opinion about the way that your job changed between Heaven's Word and Stormblood. Now, if you're wondering what that rumbling going on behind me is, there is a big boat race that is this weekend. And if you missed tuning in to uh, Final Encountercast, you may not know that we have the entire team over Zoom today. Uh, and it is the entire cast, but yes, we are over Zoom. It is incredibly loud over here. Uh, so in order to try to cut down on the amount of rumbling that's going on in the background, thought a single mic is the best way to do that. And you know what just stay home it's easier to do this thing from home so uh that's what uh that's what the deal is today for the show appreciate you being along here live at twitch.tv slash limit break radio let's of course kick it on over to our aorzian studios which has got a mild upgrade it's it it seems like a work in progress it it seems like a work in progress here juxta it's kind of like you just 
threw everything downstairs and let it land where it would. Yeah, pretty Whatever. much. I don't I don't understand what all the balloons are upstairs, but I'm glad that that's what our money's being spent on. <laughs> did you see all of our new hedge outside? Uh, yeah, I did see that. Which again, I'm curious why he's coming to me and hitting me up for Gil when we're getting just nothing but stupid shit being added to the to the studio. Well, because since he doesn't have any Gil, he has to go and shop at Anal or Scurros Anal Corks and more, and that's what we get. Scurros yeah. Anal Corks and more. Yeah. Um. Well, exactly. Th- that's that's who this show is brought to you by today. Uh, unfortunately, we had to give him some free advertising, but you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, glad to have you along. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. LimitBreakRadio.com. If this is your first time joining us and uh, you, you find that you like the show, I'm not sure why you would anymore, but if you find that you like the show, uh, then uh, you can head on over to LimitBreakRadio.com to download our full archive of shows going all the way back 125 episodes to when we started this show for Final Fantasy 14. And if you want to dig even deeper then you can head on over to uh again limitbreakradio.com to check out our full full archives going all the way back to when we started this this show in uh 2006 for final fantasy 11 um but happy to have you along today and we would love to hear from you because of course we're going to be talking more about stormblood and you know we talked last time a lot about the story and today i'd like to hear about the jobs uh of course now that i have gotten to 70 which is such an important thing um, and been able to experience all the different jo- job changes associated to Dark Knight. Um, I'd like to hear about your jobs as well. Uh, so you can line up your calls. Limit Break Radio on Skype 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord is how that is done. We would love to hear from you. Uh, before we get into the news here, quick uh, quick reminder that we will be off the air next week like we we will probably air like some kind of best of or maybe an old show i haven't really decided yet i don't know what i'm going to have time to be able to produce and and put together um but uh we're going to be giving everyone uh the weekend off mostly because it's labor day and it seems appropriate but uh also because my crew has been working so hard not just for limit break radio but for final Encountercast and for checkpoint radio as well so uh everyone deserves a weekend off every once in a while uh we've done 126 episodes of this uh this show uh so far only taking one weekend off ever and i think that was that was a mother's day well, i yeah. remember mother's no, day yeah. we've had mother's day and we had um we had one other weekend off Did we have like christmas off one year it may have been i don't remember but well, it, we had the one christmas was, that we worked and one christmas where we did a christmas special in its place on like the thursday before right so we, we had one off fairly like Recently. Yeah, we had one off in the springtime. I can't remember when it was. Anyway, Memorial Day, maybe. I don't remember. I honestly, uh, I, I honestly don't remember. But I mean, most of the most of the time, you know, we try to find one or two people or something to 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 you know make it continue along. It was Final Encountercast that we took off. It wasn't Limit Break Radio. I don't no, think. That no, that's right. Yeah, I don't think we've taken. I don't think we've taken Limit Break Radio off. I think maybe only once or twice. So. Yeah. I mean, in three years, what, three years of operation uh, doing FF14 shows and, uh, uh, you know, 126 episodes. I think that that's a pretty good track record, only taking a couple of weekends off ever. 
we're badasses like that. We are. That's just how much we love you guys. And, and how much we love the game word. Um, maybe not so much the game, but definitely our listeners. That's for sure. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're all right. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, you know, I'll probably hang out with them. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Most of them, at least. Yeah, yeah. Not all of them. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah. Um, just a reminder, we're going to be off uh, next weekend. Um, but uh, I should have something on the stream. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. I may just write that whole weekend off. Um, but uh, I'm not, not 100% sure. So make sure you head on over to twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio next weekend to see what we do. Just because I don't know. But... <laughs> Maybe it'll be something cool. Maybe it might be. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it'll be the worst thing ever. Could be. Maybe we give Nick another show. Oh. Uh-huh. Maybe it'll just be a whole bunch of reruns of old episodes for in the entire day. Uh, so just by the sheer fact that we are doing this show over Zoom today doesn't mean that we can't take your calls because guess what i'm here and i'm an amazing engineer so i'm gonna make your calls happen we've got cookie standing by to uh to to pass your calls along to me but uh we are gonna take your calls you can call in any way you're not restricted to the way that you have to call in like it was when these chuckle fucks were in charge uh that was restricted only to discord uh you can call in over uh the phone line uh skype discord whatever you choose uh limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord if you'd like to chime in on anything that we're talking about today and again we're going to be talking about job changes uh also real quick shout out and thank you to uh nariko star for the brand new uh cheer emotes and uh animation uh um donation animations that go off when we uh when we receive a donation they're so great you managed to make a scally look good somehow, so props. I don't know how that is. And and you gave it, him boobs? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, well, only if you donate at least like 20 bucks if you want boobs. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um so uh, you know, it's it's cool to you know, check those out every week and uh uh you know, when when people decide to give. Um and uh of course, we are supported by your support whether it be through PayPal, whether it be through Patreon. Um that's how the uh the the wheels keep going here on Limit Break Radio and not just Limit Break Radio, but Final Encountercast and Checkpoint Radio as well. Uh you know, I talked last Last week about some of the margins that we've been working with on checkpoint radio uh this is important to mention because we are uh marking the uh first year anniversary of starting to lay down the foundation for checkpoint radio because i don't know if you guys remember uh it happened to be race weekend when the hydroplane boats were racing on the river like they are today um that we recorded the pilot of that show we recorded the pilot that we had really? to re-record because of the sound that's exactly <laughs> it yeah um, Oh, yeah. Now, that's right. Yep. Yep. So we are actually now we have marked a full year where we have been developing and working on Limit Break Radio. And I I know that Checkpoint Radio or Checkpoint Radio. Sorry about that. Um, Checkpoint Radio. And uh, and I know last week, you know, we did talk about some of the margins and uh, and how much growth there still is to do with Checkpoint Radio. Um, And, you know, again, that's after a full year's worth of work and development on the show um 
things just happen very slowly in the radio world. But you know what helps with that is if you just support and interact with Checkpoint Radio, Limit Break Radio, Final Encounter Cast, any of those. We have presence on social media. We have podcasts that are out there. If you're not an active part of downloading that podcast, I, I, I ask you please to head on over to CheckpointRadio.com. Subscribe to the Checkpoint Radio podcast. Uh, we've got uh, you know weekly podcasts that go up as well as our news segments that happen each hour. Um, I, I you know looking we we one of the things that I had also mentioned last week is that we would be removing some of the Checkpoint Radio stuff from the Limit Break Radio feed. We've done that and subsequently seen a pretty big hit to the numbers that uh, uh, to the download numbers. And if they don't rebound uh, somewhere in the next week, then uh, we are going to start posting those again to Limit Break Radio until the numbers can meaningfully grow. One of the things that you guys have got to be able to understand and appreciate is the way that we monetize this show is through the distribution. So we've got to attract advertisers based on our reach. And one of the things that they're looking at far more closely these days is uh, the reach of things like your podcast or your Twitter account or your Facebook account. And we had lamented at least some of this on Final Encountercast today. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is how advertisers are choosing in some way who they do business with. And even though social media does not matter to me, it's not something that I personally value. It is something that we have to work on growing. So, guys, if you haven't yet, search out Check PT Radio on Facebook and Twitter. Like, uh, retweet, comment, um, you know, do whatever you can to help us grow share it with your friends share it with your family who you know are gamers um but uh but help that show grow in a meaningful way so that we can help um you know start to bring in some revenue back to the company and not have to keep hitting you guys up for every time the Patreon takes a dip. Um, you know, I understand that that the reason that the Patreon fluctuates so much has less to do with our content and more to do with an individual's financial status at any one given time during the year. We have people who start off giving a lot and then they drop down because maybe they wanted all of the all of the givebacks that were at um, you know the hundred dollar level, and after they get that, they drop down to to the five dollar level. That's fine. That we we are totally cool with that. Um, Patreon allows you to do that. That's why we chose Patreon to do that in the first place. Um, but you know, you guys have got to understand that you know trying to uh, trying to continue to uh, make all of these shows while also maintaining second jobs and day jobs is a very very difficult difficult thing. Um, I, you know, I've seen this comment more than a few times. You know, oh, you guys, you guys are so critical of Square Enix and the way that they spend their time and and how they allocate free time and and time off and things like that. But you know, you guys are having to do. The same thing you guys can't keep up with the same amount of content that you want to put out yeah because we've got day jobs like the people who work at square enix that's their entire job that's all they have to think about you know ostensibly five to six days a week and they don't have to go do other things like sell coffee or um you know try to convince somebody to to buy shit at the bookstore that they don't want to you know that they don't want to have to buy like Uh 
also we do every single week give you three hours worth of content in uh lbr and two hours worth of fec so fuck that argument i i I, yes i agree and now we've got two additional hours of content uh with uh with checkpoint radio as the radio show itself those on-demand episodes are available on tuesdays over at checkpointradio.com we've got the podcasts that are coming out for checkpoint radio we've got the live shows that we're going to be doing over at twitch.tv slash checkpoint radio and it seems like despite doing all of that people want us to do more and that's nice i know that our core fan base really just can't get enough of the content that we create but at the same time we either need to push this crowdfunding effort to a point where some of us can start quitting our jobs or the checkpoint radio thing needs to start paying out to the point where some of us can start quitting our jobs and then you'll see a real increase in uptick in the amount of engagement and the amount of streaming and the amount of things and and resources and time that we're able to develop uh and devote to limit break radio and all of its subsequent projects um and and again that takes your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio right now hopefully the model that we want to move towards is start moving towards a greater amount of of revenue coming in from checkpoint radio that will give us the ability to do those things i don't think that we should quit any any of us should quit our jobs based on the generosity of our audience i love our audience and they are incredibly generous people but i refuse to do that on the on their backs like i just i won't do that so we've we've needed to for a long time try to figure out another way to fund limit break radio lbr as a production company and some of that has to do with where we are with checkpoint radio so if you have if you thought oh well liking a a facebook page doesn't matter retweeting that tweet doesn't matter um you know downloading that the the episode of the podcast doesn't matter i listen to it after it comes on on limit break radio's uh live stream at at seven o'clock i don't need to i don't need to do any of that shit this is why we need Everyone who has ever been a fan of Limit Break Radio, anyone who respects the content that we make, to go and make sure that you're subscribed, make sure that you like, make sure that you follow. It is of critical importance now. Um, and 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 I and I really uh, want to thank everyone who's already done that so far, like the people who have been an active part of helping to develop conversations over at Checkpoint Radio, the people who have been active parts of our social media community at Limit Break Radio. Um, it, you guys, you guys really do help us uh, grow this brand and this idea. And and look, like if you need if you need another reason outside of just you like the dumb shit that we do on the air to support an idea like limit break radio or checkpoint or final encounter cast here is the only thing that you need to know none of us none of the the none of the people who work on this show come from a background from GameSpot or ign or game informer or any of these places that have been embedded in games media for so long that they've lost the ability to be objective that they understand 
understand how their business works and how if they scratch certain backs, they'll scratch theirs back. And we're coming in as a completely third party that got, you know, organic support from Twitch that has a shitload of talent and that can make a bunch of people laugh. And we're trying to be what IGN and GameSpot rightly has the the clout to be able to try to do. Yet we got to it first. We got there before they did. We're making a bigger impact than I think they could because we have people aligned with us that understand the broadcasting and radio business. And I think that this presents an opportunity to bring someone in on conversations that are normally kept shut by IGN, by GameSpot, by big uh, uh, gaming media establishments and be able to insert ourselves in the same way that blogs did early on. You know, like when when gaming media was in its infancy, it was mostly ruled by printed publications and it took the Internet and blogging and all of these, you know, IG, it took IGN becoming IGN to be able to get to where they are today. And now we have that same opportunity. Esports presents us with that same opportunity. And you know what? I'll be goddamned if I don't see that opportunity in front of me and try to take it. That's what we're trying to do with Checkpoint Radio. We're trying to take our brand and our business into our own hands and say, look, we can do this on a scale that has never been tried or seen. And we're going to beat the people that have been doing this shit for 20 fucking years at their own game. That's what we want to do. It's ambitious, but I think it's worth your support. Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Boom. That's how you do a promo. Can you tell that this man's worked in public radio before? <laughs> Let's check out what's going on in FF14 News. This is a limit breaking news update. Oh boy, so I'm sorry to be starting off the show like this, but let's just get it out of the way. Square Enix has partnered with Domino's. Yes, more pizza to bring us another FF14 promotion. Now, this one is unique to Australia, though, so. Players can order what is called a Final Fantasy XIV Pizza Gaming Bundle, which includes three regular pizzas, garlic bread, and a one and a quarter liter drink for $50, but also comes with a code that could potentially win you a full copy of Final Fantasy XIV, along with Heaven's uh, Heaven's Ward and Stormblood for the PC or PS4. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait yes. a minute. Wait, is this just a code to maybe win? To maybe. It's, it's to be entered into a drawing. I mean, you say oh every single person who orders a pizza God. gets the game for free. No, that would be stupid. Let's be real. They lose okay, a lot of money that still, way. $50 for three regular pizzas? Sounds yeah. about right. Really? <laughs> pizza's really expensive. This that is... Pizza. That is from stupid Domino's? expensive. Yeah, from uh, Domino's is like notoriously cheap too. Yeah, isn't that Domino's large here? Nine ninety nine. Yeah, uh, that's uh, not, uh, no. I, I think it's thirteen. No, if you go and pick it up yourself, you can get a large two topping for seven ninety nine. Yeah. Oh my God, are you kidding me? But for fifty dollars, you get a chance to win this game that nobody's really playing. But I mean, you also get garlic bread and a two-liter. Not, I'm sorry, not even a, two, not a, one, even a two-liter. One and a quarter liter. One and a quarter. What liter. the fuck does that look like exactly? Mm. Who? 
What sad? Sadness. Hang on. What sad individual? Because this is made clearly for one person. Because there is not a party that requires three pizzas, one garlic bread, and then See, a liter and a quarter. Everything, maybe. But, Dude, no. This is the 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 one and the the one and a quarter liter drink tells me this is for one person. This is for one sad fat person. Juxta. And you can't even take advantage of it because it's Australia only. Okay, yeah, but you're also getting the three pizzas. They're they're specialty pizzas, so they cost a little oh bit more. Oh my god, stop. Too. Okay, yeah. Let's. Sorry, sorry. Let's get on to the rest of this. All right. Now they did go a step further than Papa John's and give us themed pizzas. Oh my god. The first, the first of which is chocobo chow. Oh, delicious. This has on it chicken, pineapple. No, 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 no. that's no. mushrooms and onions. No, no, pineapple sounds not good minus pizza. mushrooms. Whoa, minus whoa, mushrooms. Okay. hang on. First of all, when you call something chocobo chow, that makes me think, oh, this is what they feed chocobos. Yeah. There's yeah. chicken on it. Yeah, you gotta get that double chicken flavor, man. Yeah, get, get that mad chocobo disease going, for yeah, sure. You gotta feed veal to your cows, and you gotta feed chicken to your There's cows. also the Moogle Meat Lovers, which is barbecue chicken. The Curious Cactus. It should be veggie. Moogle Meat on it. That's what it should be. It needs Storm to Storm Blood to Supreme, which is just the Supreme. And one pineapple pizza wasn't good enough. Heaven's <sighs> Ward Hawaiian. Because of Yes, course, I want that one. Because, of course, the northern country that is located in all freaking snow definitely says hawaiian to me okay <laughs> this, this is pre-calamity uh, oh my god no 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 no, no. stop it, it. it more clear than stop. ever stop whoever thinks of these promotions has no idea what a final fantasy 14 is no i i'm i'm, I'm gonna go one step further that they don't care right it's not that they don't know it's that it's their job and they can't even be bothered to do it correctly, right? Like, they're just like, ah, yeah, fuck it. Heaven's word, Hawaiian pizza. There's alliteration. C- c- fucking, this is the dumbest shit. This is the dumbest shit. Maybe the Ish Guardians are super into pineapple. They don't get very much why we hate them. It's a delicacy there. They don't get very much oh of it. God. <laughs> I, I, know, I know that this is an Australian promotion, but I yeah. seriously want to call Domino's right now and try to order a Heaven's word Hawaiian, Hawaiian pizza, <laughs> and just you see what they say. Just right see what now they say on the air. Just oh no, uh, yeah. There's legal reasons that I couldn't. Damn, I know. Damn. I would. I, I w- honestly, I would. If 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 you didn't need their permission and need to tell them that you were on a radio show, I would. This is a podcast, though. No, we're so we're you, live. Wanna... No, we're broadcasting live. So that yeah, technically that technically means that because this isn't that's not FCC or broadcast regulation. That's regulation about recording phone calls. Oh, that's legal ramifications. Yes, yeah. that's that's actually like you fuck that up. Like you need to understand if you fuck that up, you've got Homeland Security knocking at your door. Oh, right. Like that's that's who who oversees shit like that. You, it's very, very specific on oh. what you can and can't record on a phone conversation. Not okay. for the government, not for the government, mind you, but for, for you know, people. Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. So that's that's for like, does that like include like calling foreign people? Because we could call a foreign, like a Australian Domino's and try to order this. Uh, no, it's actually subject to that country's laws. So unless we really want to look it up. 
Plus, what what does that conversation sound like? We want a Heaven's Word Hawaiian. Okay, what's your address? Oh, damn. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> foiled, foiled again. No, 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 no. That's when you go, foil the golem and hang up the phone. God damn it. And hopefully uh, that person played 11 and think it's like the greatest day of their life. All right. A huge mog station sale has started for the cash shop. How huge? Well, everything is on sale except for Tales of Adventure and Dies. In addition, a few new items have been added, including a new Yishtola and Cryo Minion, a new Orchestrian Roll, and limited edition Rising Pillar and Banners. Uh, no Monago hair. No Monago hair. <laughs> Damn it! The hair that I have on right now? Yeah, the hair you have on right now. Wow, you, you can just buy that from uh, from an NPC during the the Make It Rain event. That yeah, ended. yeah, you were able to, and I didn't get it, and I really want it. Why did you not get it? I don't know. I, I know, missed that, that it was happening. I don't know how you missed that event. Like, uh, yeah, here's how I missed it: because it happened at the end of May and the beginning of June when we were done with raining, and I wasn't playing. Well, that's no, your own that's, fault. I mean, then. that's your yeah, it's your own damn fault. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else think that the Ifrit uh, the Ifrit housing item looks a little bit like a vagina? <laughs> now just, it was everybody. it was on the eye cam and it just it looked a lot oh, like a flaming vagina or maybe oh, yeah says, it kind of does i can it, see that yeah maybe but, that just says more about how uh a nero views the opposite sex no i mean i just saw flaming it out vaginas. i saw it out of the corner of my eye and i was like hey what's that vagina oh okay that's the. <laughs> i mean and maybe it was the way that it would just like the the camera was dead square mm. on it too I mean, it was just, it just yeah, looked, looked a little bit like a vagina. Anyway, I mean, I'd do it. <laughs> of course. Oh my god. Of course you would. Since we all know how amazing Square Enix is at digital exclusivity, they wanted everyone to know that the stream footage from all three fan festivals is still available to buy and view. So if you'd like to see what it's like to be months behind on what's going to happen in Stormblood, or if you just want to relieve the days of hype, you can still go purchase those along with the exclusive FF10 Minions and FF10 Glamour, but only until August 31st. I don't I don't know that I ever picked those up, the Minion and Glamour. Oh, I did. You just put the code in the mock station. Uh, which which minion? What, which code? What code? It would have been Riku for us. Is that right? Yeah, yes, that's Riku. Re- we get Riku, and then you can you get the gender specific Tetis or yeah. Unic. Well, I mean, the codes should be forever, but uh, no, it's not forever. It's only a few year. years. It's yeah, yeah oh. for one year. I I literally I so mm. don't care. No, I just feel like it would take at this point it would take up more fucking inventory space that I don't have. But then you can never be Tetis. Good. I hope that I can never be Tetis ever. I hope that I, I, I was hoping that no one could ever be Titus. <laughs> that, that, that would be the dream. It really would. Titus now. Yeah. Well, we are. I like Titus. Shut and up, Nika. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bad opinion, Nika. And the rising event is back. And for once, it seems Square Enix might actually be changing up the quests and story of this event. Uh, some new prizes are also available, which include a wind up lease and gosetsu, two new orchestrian roles and a rising oh. balloon. I mean, there's I don't lots know. of rising balloons in our house. Yeah, I saw that. Is that what we have our house full of at the moment? Yes. Are you trying to make us float? This isn't up, Juxta. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> and I oh, just want to point out that the uh, rising balloons have given way to uh, our uh, new D pillars. Oh, yeah. Our sweet uh, Easter Island heads that we have. No, 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 not the fucking heads, oh. you idiot. The pillars that you go into when you're coming into the uh, into the studio. Those uh, mm-hmm. those those pillars are the D pillars. We have dick pillars now. No, no, not not dick 
pillar. They're, they're D pillars. Uh, what they're, makes they're, them they're, D? They're, they're dual. The dual pillars. Why are they dual? Are you talking about these things right here at the start that just have balloons like in the shrubbery? Yeah, yeah. Oh my they're, God, they're, 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 actually, they're kind of, they have like, they're like tits. They have little nipples on top. No, they're not tits. They're, well, I mean, they kind of look they're like. They're D's. <laughs> they're double D's is what it looks like. <laughs> these are not good. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we have penises in here? Get them out. Uh, I mean, it, do you have to ask? Look who you're asking. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't right. know where you're getting dicks from. They're clearly dual pillars. Hence D, D pillars. Yeah, exactly. D pillars. Thank anyway, you. that's all for the Final Fantasy 14 news. Make sure you join us, uh, not next week, but the week after, and maybe we'll have something worth reporting on. I mean, we'll have the live letter after that, so... Yeah, we'll probably have exciting. something worth reporting on next time. Yeah. So, Boy, I hope so. We better. We better <laughs> learn about Eureka. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, up. Prepare to be disappointed. Or Ivalice, maybe? You think in the in the anniversary live we're not gonna hear about Eureka? I think I think we're definitely gonna hear about Ivalice. Definitely. That's what people uh, want to hear about. There's no Eureka. <laughs> oh man. Definitely. Um I don't know. I think at this point they may be gun shy about putting in new content considering how how much we're criticizing the repeated content you think they would want to put in more content. No, no, no. But I mean, like... Actual good content. And, but that's the thing, though, Nika, is that even though, you know, they're getting criticized a lot for repeating the content or repeating the types, the framework of the content that they already have, that when they did try to change it up, Diadem was such a goddamn disaster both times that... I, I think I think their confidence in their ability to make a fun event has been shaken. And I I I think the tell the telltale sign is when we end up getting Eureka. If we end up getting Eureka in the next patch, then maybe they're still okay. If it's pushed off into one of these sub patches, 4.15, 4.16, or even 4.2. <laughs> No I way. think we're in real, real trouble with the ability to add new content to this game in a meaningful manner. They can't push Eureka off to 4.2. I mean, did they say Eureka was supposed to come by 4.1? They've said nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing about Eureka outside of what they have said at FanFest. That's I mean, it. have they even like really given confirmation that Eureka is going to be like that the it's still a thing? The weapon? Nope. No, oh, oh, that it's tied to the weapon? No, that's not confirmed. Uh, that's still I, just speculation. I think it is. I mean, it's based oh It's based on a comment that was made in an interview, but I don't think that there's anything more concrete than that. Yeah, it was, I mean, we haven't heard anything about Eureka since, yeah, since the FanFest trailer, right? I mean... See, in Infinity Fox, anyway. Infinity Fox saying that it's been confirmed since last year. No, the last time we heard of it, was last year wasn't confirmed nothing has been confirmed for eureka there's been aside from eureka exists as a thing i mean again i just i when was the last time we fucking heard of it when was the last time we heard anything about it we haven't heard anything about Mm -hmm. the framework for the for the event we've heard nothing absolutely nothing yeah that is strange 
it worries me because it makes me think that Square Enix, again, does not know what they're doing when it comes to designing the event. I mean, it could be. Uh, like, they may just be not, like, you don't hold off, or I don't know. Yeah, I can't justify it. How do you, have you not talked about it yet? Like, uh, even if you weren't going to have it ready for launch at Stormblood, like, you'd think the very first letter after that you would mention it. Infinity Fox, Infinity Fox saying they uh, said Eureka was being added to replace the Relic Grind. Uh, I mean, did they? Is I mean, that, was that like, was that the state? I don't no, remember the that statement. The statement. Was, it will have something to do with Relic. Exactly. Or Relic that, will have something to do with Eureka. And, Not that Eureka is only for Relics. And that the Relic would have maybe less of a grind. I, like, that's the thing is that we've heard vague statements and nothing confirmed, especially nothing confirmed as in in something as official as a live letter. I mean, where like I I feel like you guys are making a logical jump that is simply not there yet. That's where Enix purposefully did not make the jump for. They may have implied it, right? But they definitely didn't state it exactly. And and the reason that that makes me concerned is because if it, a if it is only tied to relic progression, that that is so that's such a bad idea. That's such a bad idea because what you had about the relic system that was at least decent with the way that they were doing it was that it directed players into old unused content. Yep. So now you're going to have an entirely different set of uh, uh, and brand new content to funnel your players into. What purpose is that supposed to serve other than the people who really feel like they have to do a relic will go and, and use it. And I guarantee you if it is a system like DM, if it's a system as disappointing and fundamentally flawed as Diadem, both one and two were, that you're going to see participation in the relic grind drop and drop and drop. It's already low. And very, that disappointment stacks, by the way, it is definitely cumulative. <laughs> very few people, I saw very few people who were meaningfully trying to grind for their relic in heaven's word. I mean, how many of how many do you see now? Like, how many uh, relics do you see? see? I, I don't see I very many. I meaningfully did it for the first two, maybe the third stage, and then I was just like, no, nope, no, nope, never uh, mind. Remember how many time? Remember how many relics at the end of two there were? Everyone had one. Yep, everyone had one. Yep. When was the last time you saw a completed relic weapon? When was the last time you cared about a completed? Relic? I have one. We haven't even seen any Nika, of them between you, all of the hosts here. Nika, you don't you don't count. I do count because no, I don't. actively play this game on a regular basis. I very no, much count. No, no, no. Nika, you I don't count if you like no, this game. It doesn't, I completed my, no, it doesn't. I completed my relic every yeah, no, no. step of the way, and so did Surin. But how many? I'm not asking. Oh, I did. I'm not. Senpai. I'm not oh, asking. Senpai. Okay, there's, there's one relic then. Nika, Nika, I'm not asking about you. I'm asking how many do you see? I see way in the rating scene. I would say maybe not an entire static, 
but I would say don't qualify it as you're walking around in a populated five. area. How no, many do you see on average? It's not that many. It's actually kind of a rare thing to come across one these days. I, I feel which like five I think, to six people in a raid group probably have theirs. Which I think is actually better for a relic. Like I think it's it's kind of cooler. Like oh man, check it out. He's got his relic. He put a lot of time into something that's worthless. But you know what <laughs> I mean. But it's not but worthless. Like uh, the the rarity <laughs> now. The rarity now makes the glamour pretty cool but statistically as a stat weapon it didn't really serve that much of a function it was quickly outgassed by fucking you know the the raid weapons every time that's how they were built so i don't understand what they're trying to do here like given given how many people dropped off on doing their relic weapon during the heaven's word uh portion of you know the the expansion and putting that and trying to funnel those very few people that are interested in the relic weapon into of a whole new fucking event like this seems like a disaster waiting to happen but i mean i think that speaks more to why like we should be expecting them to talk about it in the upcoming live letter like we know nothing and we're here we're going to be staring down the barrel of 4.1 pretty shortly like they have to talk about this yeah, we need to know something. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with Callie. If they don't talk about Eureka in this next live letter, uh, I mean, I don't think I, I care. I'm going to be pretty for a call to arms. But yeah, I would be expecting one at this point. Yeah, like, me too. We haven't gotten yeah. any new content in this expansion yet. Hmm. Yeah, something new, something interesting. But like, like you at no, least no, 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 no. To- you get something new or something interesting. Those are mutually exclusive with Final Fantasy 14. Oh right, I'm sorry. Uh, a couple of comments here in the chat. A lot of people had uh, 275 relics since it was BIS. Infinity Fox coming in right after that and saying BIS for like two months isn't BIS. Uh, <laughs> great point. Great. It's BS. But yeah. BIS. Yeah. 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 Take the I out of there. Yeah. So. But no, I, I mean, that speaks to Nika's point. Like, in, yeah, if you rated, you might have put the effort into getting your relic. But if you didn't, like, why would you? Because what's the point? Sweet glams, I guess. It, that's yeah, it, that's literally idea. it. That is literally it. Oh, cool. It's a glamour piece. That's it. That's the most use anyone's gotten out of it. Uh, mm. If like you zero, disagree, uh, by the way, if you disagree, because I see a couple of people disagreeing in the chat, give us a call. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com, slash Discord, if you want to call in on Discord. Um, yeah, if you disagree, let us know. I mean, because that's the thing. I did not see a value in continuing on my relic grind. No, I mean, I did raid and I didn't want to continue with the relic grind Uh, the whole way, though. I just like waited till it was super easy and then just did that step. (laughs) But like to actually put in the time when it was like fresh content for what? Even even now that it's super easy, I don't want to bother. Well, because it's not worth it now except for the glamour. It was actually worth it when it was relevant because it was better. It was the best weapon you could get. For so for, for raiding, it was definitely worth it. Now, and if keep you didn't in mind, your relic in a raid, you were definitely hindered. Keep in mind that this is the first relic that I've ever had access to as a dark knight, and I still oh. didn't give a fuck. Well, that's your own problem. I don't know. What no, to tell you, like, no, I don't think that's my own problem. I think this is Square Enix's problem. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, you should want to do a relic. Why did? Why didn't you want to then? Like it's it's the best weapon that you could get. So if you were raiding and you didn't have your relic, your DPS is lower than everyone else. Like why wouldn't you get your relic? Uh, I'm okay. That 
it accounts for the 15 people that were raiding in heaven's word. So what about the rest of us that play this game? The apparent 10 million people that play this game. I mean, the thing is that the relic is casual content, though. You could do it over time really slowly and but still yet get it well you're saying so but why yet, not do it what you're saying is nika that the only people who really felt like they had a reason to do it were involved with the raid scene i'm not saying the only people i'm saying that was no, definitely that, a reason but that's true because at the stage this is actually this is the reason that i ended up i think stalling out on it the stage that i was at was when you were doing the lights right and if you did everything that you needed for like the week to get all of your tomes and whatnot you finished getting all of that stuff before you finished getting the lights which means if you then wanted to complete it you actually had to go out and then meaningfully grind for just the lights and that was so boring but you could do it slow enough that you would still get it before the next relic really? implementation then how, yeah. come, how come i didn't even get halfway through that even now even by doing spamming pvp through stormblood to get like you wear you wear, you're wearing your weapon when you do that yeah because <laughs> here's i ain't finish it for glamours and it still isn't because the idea of or, or, or what they put us through to get that to get, have to do that stuff was so boring it took less work and was actually quote-unquote fun to just wait for the next series of tomes to come out grind out your tome weapon and you could have that done before other people were getting their uh, their their relic weapon done unless they were one of the few people that were like, oh, you know what? It totally sounds like a lot of fun to just go do Alexander 1 over and 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 over I like to use my tomes. I like to have more than one job geared and ready to go so that I'm not confined into one role. So I use my tome weapon for my second job and my relic for my main job. Okay, but listen, Nika, you clearly have a different level of investment in this game than your average player. And you that's say that, fine. But all these people and are so bothered when we criticize it because of how invested they are. And that's, and that's fine. And that is fine. The problem is that, you know, and, and, and it's not that. You know, the doing a relic doesn't produce a a a uh, a relevant weapon, even in the time frame that you're doing it. Of course it does. It makes either the best or the second best weapon in the game at that point. The problem is, is that that idea is meaningless when you know that you're not going to be participating in something like extreme rating right so take take rating out of your justification for wanting to do a relic and then tell me why anyone would want to do a relic outside of glamours if you take away glamour and easy to do well it's easy i mean it's easy to do but what what tangible difference does it have between that weapon and my tome weapon there's not enough in something like dungeons and something like dunscathe whatever the fuck it is that i'm that i'm actually doing instead of this well i could use it for theoretical content that i'm not doing and if you're on the other side of the fence like i am where i'm actively saying fucking raiding in this game 
game is pointless. It's stupid. And it's not something that I'm, you know, activated by, interested in, or that I think is done even terribly well from a dev standpoint. Why would I go out of my fucking way to do it? In other games, I just wanted to do it to do it because I was a dark knight because I, or, you know, because I wanted the best fucking coolest weapon for my job or my class. That does not exist here. At some point, I stopped giving a shit, and it and it had to do, I think, more with the fact that gear, but one between another, is almost pointless. Like it's it's almost indistinguishable. If you have gear that is at the same eye level, you're barely gonna notice a difference between two different sets of fucking swords. So why? Outside of wanting to look cool or dumping a whole bunch of time into something like that, why would why the fuck would I do it? That and if and if there goes for anything on, in this game, though, hang on, like, though, that's hang not on, like specific. But the problem is, Nika, and the reason that we started talking about this is because they're trying to hinge participation in an entire event on interest in relic weapons, and I don't think the natural interest in well relic weapons exists in this community. I'm hoping that. Relic weapons is not the only thing you do in Eureka. Like, if it is, I'm going to be really disappointed. Nika, I assumed that it meant that the relics would require us to go to Eureka for part of it, but not that that was the only part. You and everyone else. That's what everyone is hoping for. Everyone is hoping it, for the fact that it won't just be relic weapons. But if it is, are we prepared for that? And, you know, like, what if it is? That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to Eureka, I guess. That's that's so such bad planning, even on Square Enix's end, because yeah. if you get 100% participation, like if everyone's like, yeah, let's go do these relic weapons. Once you finish your relic weapon and you're waiting for the next Nobody day, goes no there anymore. Doing Eureka now. Imagine this. Imagine that you, th- there's, there's two rewards for going into Eureka. You get uh, progression on your relic weapon, but you also... <gasps> get the randomized gear stats from Diadem. That's that is the kind of logic that Square Enix is applying at this point. Except the way that you have to do them is two completely separate things. You don't get them at the same time. That's right. You have to choose one or the other. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, like that I feel like that's way closer to where we're at in the development. And the fact that, you know, they've been talking about Eureka for this long and and you know, Diadem we haven't been talking about it. Right. Well, we've known that it's a thing. It's that, been on the horizon forever basically. Right. Yeah. Um you know, I just I find that I find that inexcusable. It's and it's frustrating. Like as a player, it's starting to become frustrating to have this kind of lack of clarity from from the devs when it comes to new systems. Like, stop telling me about what the new dungeon is. I know what the new dungeon's going to be. It's going to be four trash packs and then a boss. Another four trash packs and then a boss. The question is, how quickly am I going to be able to speed run it? That's the only. That's the only question between two fucking dungeons at this point. Is how many. Forced stops am I put through during trash packs? Everything yeah. else is fucking meaningless. Which Absolutely is the one meaningless. We actually want to get, and which is the one we groan about when it pops up? Exactly. So. Instead, Square Enix should absolutely not just be focusing on new types of content, considering their the the bulk of the development that I can see that they've done between dungeons lately is hitting Control C and then Control V. Okay, <laughs> like the, they need to really come out and 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 
make a case for their veteran community to stick with them at this point. And and I don't just say the I'm, and I'm not I'm not just trying to imply the veteran FF14 community, but I'm trying to talk about veteran MMO players, people who have been playing MMOs as a genre for a long time, because that's among the first wave of people that FF14 lost like you impressed them with a realm reborn and then lost them shortly after probably around 2.5 2.55 somewhere around there maybe even at the 3.0 launches where the glut of them dropped off but that that mentality that player base is still there and if you're running an mmo like i would think that you would want to try to appeal instead of to people who are off busy playing mobas and try to make your game more like a moba or whatever the fuck they thought that they were doing by adding dumb bullshit like lords of Verminion, that you know instead you you would be developing shit for long-term mmo fans and then explaining that in the best clearest way possible and i just i don't i've not seen that from square enix in damn near two years and that is frustrating I don't even need them to come out and give me like tons of specific details about the system. I'm fine learning how the system works after it drops. I just need to know that it's coming and what it's meant to serve as. What somebody it's meant to do. Somebody's echoing, by the way. I can hear somebody. I can hear us through somebody's headphones. Um, so yeah, just turn down your headphones a little bit so that we don't continue to hear that. That's obnoxious. And I could beat up whoever was doing that. Anyway, um, so I, I, yeah, like I, I think that these are all questions that have to be asked in order to be ready for the next live letter and to, to look at it with a critical eye and go, what are we actually getting with this next patch? And uh, but it, I think it goes a lot further than just uh, just Eureka. I want some direction of at all where like like because we can do our predictions about you know how this whole expansion is going to work. We know we're going to get our twenty four man announced soon, you know, Evilise, and we know we're going to get our uh, you know, there'll be another run of story. But like it, I want something coming out in this live letter that I don't expect. That's, yeah, that's well, really all I want. Because remember, we're supposed to, every other patch, we're supposed to get one less dungeon, but something else, quote unquote, new In- content. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting content. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. New or interesting. We can't have both. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Well, if you wanted to uh, sound off on uh, Eureka or what you expect for it, uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We can kind of revisit that little impromptu topic uh, a little later on in the show if anyone wants to talk about it. But... What we're going to talk about today is the various job adjustments and changes that came between Heaven's Word and Stormblood. Now, we have been bagging on Stormblood quite a bit since its release. However, I have to say that the job adjustments, the way that they changed the battle system, was actually, in a lot of ways, pretty satisfying. So I wanted to ask, at least from the Dark Knight's perspective, so I wanted to ask you guys what you felt about the job changes that you guys had received between 60 and 70 as as well as the audience about uh, how they felt about the job changes they've received in between Heaven's Word and Stormblood. Again, you can call the show Limit Break Radio on Skype 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. So I guess we'll just start off with Dark Knight. Um, I do feel... 
I, I do feel like the the loss of cross class abilities, um, it, you know, was still a kind it of a bu- me with stunning. Like, yeah, it, it, and and it's just like from a conceptual standpoint, I think it bothered me that they took that away. But I will say this: the the job to play Dark Knight, especially playing it at seventy, is a lot more fluid. Is a lot more. I think clear. Um, I think your variables are a lot more easily and clearly defined. Dark arts can be chained into almost anything. And for each thing that it can be changed, chained into, there are different reasons to, to do, to use that or to not use that. And, I, I, I just I really like what they did with dark arts by increasing a lot like not just, you know, for for example, um, uh, the I think it's Dark Passenger. I can't remember what the name of the of the move exactly is, but it's the one where you basically do a uh, front conal. AOE and if you did it with dark arts previously it blinds you, it right? blinds That's, yeah dark passenger dark passenger thank you and now when you chain it with um with uh dark arts it ups the potency of that hit quite a bit and blinds them so there's like there's an added reason beyond just the status effect to do it and i really kind of like that aspect of dark knight um there's a lot more reasons to move out of grit uh to to be able to pump out dps i'm noticing you know a lot higher uh ability to pump out dps and uh still you know a a remarkable amount of aoe abilities so much so that i do not actually uh assign the uh the aoe provoke to my hotbar at all ever i don't need it i I straight up i have no problem controlling packs even when my eye level was significantly lower than most of my other parties it is fine you do not need uh, the aoe provoke as a dark knight so I, I in general i like a lot of the changes and i think a lot of them were really necessary for the job um and in the end make it make it as if i i uh, make me feel as if i'm playing a uh more finely tuned dark knight i also i hated dark knight and heaven's word i thought it was too much to manage the mp but i think that they made mp management a lot more fun and manageable also i agree i agree i actually like playing dark knight now because it's not impossible and i especially because uh freaking was it dark arts doesn't or what's the that whatever the red one the red buff is um yeah yeah yeah. um the one that not grit the other one uh um God damn it! the red one i know what you're talking about thank you the aura thing yeah so it has a fucking name too. I don't even think it was called because it it's dark something, but it's not darker. It's I don't. I just don't give a shit. Um, but it, it doesn't wear off anymore. Dark side, there it is. Um, that it, you're, uh, it doesn't wear off now when your MP hits zero, and that was, I think, the best change ever. Also, yeah, no, I agree. I definitely. Um, I guess the question is, do you have more fun playing it now or in Heaven's Ward? Definitely now. I I, I agree. Now, I, I I like the job a lot more now. I think um, again, and and getting rid of that that third. Um, uh, uh, rotation like that third skill rotation was also pretty I think critical too um, because now it's very clear it's a very clear binary decision between do you want to generate hate or do you want to um, you know do you want to pump out some some higher DPS and and it makes knowing the situation to use each one of those combos in much much more clear and I, I appreciate that um, I also really like the ability 
um, that that some of you know some of the the sixty to seventy abilities that are in there as well, uh, particularly because um, uh, the the AOE uh, one that you can use with your blood gauge um, is, and the single target one too. You have so much to just spam now, right? So much yeah, there no, but but the the AOE one it, it functions like carbon spit, where if you use mm-hmm. it if you use it under dark arts, it's a it's a significant potent boost to the hit and you get mp back if you use it without dark arts you get mp back yeah that's i love that uh quietus i think is the name of that one but yes um that like it's little things like that and more you know um tools in the toolkit for when you are out of mp that i do appreciate and and again it seems like dark uh dark arts is the the kind of thing that is um, you know the the really big variable that's at play, and I think that they were smart making the job hinge on dark arts. So I I quite like it. Um, I I liked a lot of the uh, overall changes that uh, that that Dark Knights got. Uh, Nika, how about you? Can going from one tank to another? Um, now Paladin at the release of Stormblood was like fucking god tier, but now that some adjustments have been made and 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 the, you know some time has passed. Uh, how are you feeling about Paladin? It's these still days? really strong. Um, I don't feel like I am not wanted anymore, which is great. Um, the the best change that came to Paladin is the addition of an actual AOE damage move, and they put that at like level forty six or forty seven, so you can even get it at level synced content, and it is the absolute best thing ever. Um, granted, my TP is gone in like five seconds now, but before I had no AOE except for Circle of Scorn and Flash. Yeah. And, you know, none of that is damage that matters. Uh, at a all, third, so. I mean, a third AOE skill in your tool set is really, and really it actually helpful. does damage. Like all the other tanks have AOE moves that do damage. So I'm glad that Paladin finally got one. Right. Well, I feel your pain on your AOE, like like sucking <laughs> through your TP real quick. That has been Dragoon's life forever. Yeah, I mean that's most DPS's lives, but I, I mean, just it really, I felt like Paladin was held back by that at some point. Um, obviously, Holy Spirit is really cool because I've always bitched about how Paladin just has MP and it sits there, and I was always complaining. I was like, why don't they let Paladins raise? Because our MP just sits there and does nothing during a single raid battle. So now we can actually like cast every minute or so, or two minutes, whatever the recast is on it, and it's fantastic. Um, and it does a ton of damage. That's what they gimped a little bit when they they did the little nerf. But it's not enough to make it not worth it or anything like that. So well, no, like, I mean it's and, and it wasn't so much that they had nerfed necessarily anything with Paladin, but they had actually made warriors useful. That was yeah. the biggest kind my, of see. Change. But my issue, I have one complaint about Paladin. That's I've leveled all three tanks: Dark Knight, Warrior, and Paladin. And my issue is that Dark Knight and Warrior have tons of variety of moves for their gauge like between damage to and many things like they have so many things to use their gauge for paladin has two and they're situational that's so, like with dark knight too right no no dark knight's every, got dark three knight has has an aoe damage move and a single hit damage move that if you're just sitting on blood gauge you just use it and yeah not just not just that but there's another ability that will lengthen the length of time either between blood price or um blood weapon blood weapon yes thank you and and i mean that actually i i think i use that the least out of any of the skills between uh between 60 and 70 um but i think that it is massively outweighed 
made by the AOE and the the single target, just big hits. I mean, they're oh, just absolutely. I, and, and I've so, I've pushed I've pushed that one single target hit to you know sometimes up to eight k damage, and my my fucking gear is shit. So you know, like it's it's actually a pretty legit, uh, you know, a pretty legit uh, uh, hit that you that you end up no, pumping it, out it there. Totally is. So the issue with Paladin is that it gets two moves, and one of them is Sheltron, which is the which you know I used to just use it to pluck to proc um the shield smash and get some extra enmity but now like I use it to get MP back faster which is nice when you're main tanking but when you're off tanking you're not necessarily going to use Sheltron because you're not getting hit right um your only other move is intervention which puts a small uh damage buff like a damage uh reduction on a party member which you know if I'm an off tank I'll throw it on the main tank when I'm uh when the tank buster's coming out you can't use that really as the main tank because you can't use it on yourself. So you could use it on the off tank. So how, how does your how does your job gauge work exactly? So the job gauge on when you're in Sword Oath, it goes up with every um, like ability that you attack with. Okay. Thought, so you never get to use and it. And so on Shield Oath, you only get it when you block. However, using Holy Spirit and casting also makes it go up. Um, so you can you can get gauge pretty fast if you cast your magic spell. But in terms of like I feel like when I'm main tanking, I get it fairly slowly because you only get it when you shield block. So I try to use um, Bulwark a lot in order to get some. Um, but I'm I just sorry, feel like... I'm sorry. We, we do need to take just a quick second here to recognize that Juxta is currently being defecated on in studio and it's outstanding. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's happening. What? It's happening by Raggins, actually. So of all my, people, Raggins is... That's why I'm okay nice. with it. Ew. Oh, oh, he's you're, a you're okay with, with Ragan shitting on your face? Gross. Are you not? I'm okay with him shitting on Juxta's face. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so we're all okay with that. Gross. I just wish Paladin had some kind of damage move or something to spam when I have a, a surplus of gauge like both Warrior and Dark Knight have. That's So fair. sometimes I'm sitting there on a lot of gauge because I've just used Holy Spirit, but I don't but then I'm off tanking, so I don't need Sheltron, and there's nothing to cast intervention on, and I'm just sitting there with extra sword gauge with nothing. Oh my on. gosh, Paladin, we wants over here. Jeez, you're <laughs> I just a top feel like... dog, and that's not good enough. You want more damage. No, I just, I mean, they could give something else if that's the case. I just feel like they didn't utilize Paladin's gauge as well as they did in other tanks when creating, when creating it. That's all. We got uh, callers hanging on the line, Satori, as well as uh, Piggy McSquee. We're going to get to you guys in a few minutes. But first, let's go to uh, caller, first-time caller here, uh, Inferno Azura of Bernhilder. What's up, Inferno? Uh, it's Inferno Hazard. How you doing? What's happening, in, uh, Inferno? Um, I just wanted to talk about what Nika said about the relic weapons being easy. Um, before this patch, I had 400 base plates. And the ARR relic was easy, you know, you needed it. The relic in Heaven's Ward was impossible, even with the, the extra jump you had ahead if you had the relic from ARR. And I literally put in over 100 hours, 100 days, sorry, played into trying to get my relic for, 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 for two classes. I didn't, I didn't get past 215 on the second one. And the, on the first one, I got to whatever, 232, whatever it was. But it took me forever, and they're pointless. They're literally pointless. You can get the the weapons from the uh, what are they called? The, the primals and beat any fight yeah. in the game. Those weapons are literally 
pointless. They need to take them out the game or change them in some way for for something else because they're they're pointless. They're worthless. I, I I agree with Inferno here, and I think that that was that was one of my you know one of the other points that I was getting at was that you know for the amount of time and effort that you're putting into a relic that you should be getting something more valuable than BIS for three months. You know what I mean? Like that's I think the deeper problem and why people stop doing it halfway through is because they knew at the end of it that what they got was only going to be usable until you know whatever fucking last tier of rating comes out or whatever that last uh you know tome push was was there anyone who still used their actual relic for anything other than glams at the end of a realm reborn no that was the only thing that you used your relic for it wasn't an action i don't think it i don't Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe your relics actually serve you all the way into uh, the beginning of Heaven's Word. I actually it's been so long at this point I don't remember. That both times the the all the the eye level gear from the very end of the expansion serves you until about fifty five and then sixty five. So two seventy and two seventy five, you'll start getting higher gear than that at sixty five. Okay, whoop the fucking do, especially when you're replacing shit. You know, like like midway through the fucking storyline, like the the place where I was at at sixty four would have been where you replaced your relic at, and it's like for the amount of time that I was plugging into the game in between, uh, you know, three point four and 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 four point like dude, there's just like why. Why would I? Why would I? And I think a lot of other people looked at that time, you know, that that um, that that time sink and did a cost benefit analysis and went, fuck this. It's not worth my time. Well, it's the problem all over the place with any kind of relic weapon in this game is like the reason like you were always willing to put that effort in in the past is your relic weapon lasted you forever. Yeah, I have no problem putting in like you know an expansion's worth of work like i would uh, you know it can be way harder than what the relic weapons are here i'll do an entire expansion's worth of work if that's my weapon if that like if i I can hold on to that weapon and say like listen i'm one of the few people who has this and i don't ever have to replace it and like inferno was saying you know what i mean like to only at when you do actually get the expansion to only have it be relevant through the first four or five levels that you're going through that expansion is just a shot in the dick for anyone who did spend the time to actually fucking do it it's not worth the time it, that was like, like you can go back to the World of Warcraft era when uh, Burning Crusade hit, and suddenly people's relic gear is outclassed by greens. They're like, Ugh. right? Or not relic gear, but they're legendary gear. Right? Like if they, I don't know. Like I, I, between how quickly the old relics from a Realm Reborn were tossed out when Heaven's Word got here, and and the the very little that I felt that having that weapon actually did for me or my ability to clear things or my skill as a player i I just i felt like it wasn't worth the investment the second time around and the frustrating part is that i've got an axe for my first go round. i've got an axe from the first time that i bothered to do this and that sucks because i'll never look at that axe again the only value that it has is as a glamour weapon and i'll never fucking use it if the finished relic weapon or the uh, final stage raid weapon uh, was good enough that it would be able to be used in the first run of raiding in the next expansion, 
that would be enough. I think that would be justifiable. If I could say like, listen, sure. Uh, I can my, see that. My raid weapon is good enough that I'll be able to use it in the next round of raiding. That would be justifiable. To yeah. Me. But it doesn't, it doesn't even last the full leveling. You don't even, no, you don't get half, half the leveling. Yeah. Well, that's because the stuff they make over there in Authar, like, you know, that's some top tier stuff. Shut the fuck up and go away. Ugh. It's Hanzo steel. Shut up and go. Uh, away. <laughs> <laughs> Did he just make a kill bill reference? Yeah, yeah, he did. Wow. God damn give you, a, you know, I'm going to give you a clap for that. Good job. Yeah. Better than Genji Steel. Anyway, um, Inferno, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it. If you want to be a first-time caller to Limit Break Radio, we love those. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, I know that we've got some other callers hanging on the line. We're going to get to you guys here in a few minutes. But first, Juxta... Yeah. Now I know that I can't ask you about Ninja because I I I haven't even touched Ninja since Stormblood came out. So fair, fair. You'll have to defer to Kahlo, but I've been. So uh, yeah, I'm going to have to ask you about a job that I I, you you play, but have I don't know, like not a whole lot of respect for, uh, and that's Red Mage. So so tell us about Mm -hmm. one of the two new jobs that were that were added with Stormblood and Red Mage. All right, so Red Mage, as fun as it is, is actually pretty... I'm not very happy with it right now. It's what? easy. That's what they bang. Well, they bang, that's for sure, but the problem is that the bang is too easy. And the way the... What I mean by that is I feel like Red Mage is, is a 2.0 job. Like, it's so Ooh. basic. <laughs> like, it doesn't have, like, any finesse to it. There's no skill required with this. All you have to do is just manage your white and black mana levels appropriately, and you'll do pretty close to max DPS. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, difference between the worst red mage and the best red mage. Exactly. Like, you just go through, uh, you hit your procs as they come up, you hit your, um, your cooldowns as they come up, and that's that's red mage for you like you hit the i mean it's it's so like coming from ninja and even like stuff like white mage like it just seems like it's so so easy and so basic like it's not like it doesn't even feel like a finished job at this point because like our our level 70 ability it's basically like a rehash of our 68 ability, except it's for white magic instead of black magic. Oh, what what now? Uh, yeah, because I, and, and I was really interested in red mage and how, it, it, you know, would it end up feeling like uh, a, a, a red mage in the Final Fantasy arc of things? Um, no. Oh, uh, Nika, no, I mean, I guess. Nika, you think that Final Fantasy 15 feels like a Final Fantasy game. It you does. shut the fuck up. It does. Well, then your opinion is bad. I want to hear your at least. Opinion is bad. I want to hear at least someone who's actually spent time playing the job, who has expectations for how it should play, and so let's get Strife on the show again, then, because he can give a much better uh, judgment than Jackson. Well, sure. uh, you know what? I was going to finish by saying <laughs> Anne doesn't think that Final Fantasy 15 has Final Fantasy qualities to it. Ugh. It does. Stop. It doesn't. Stop. That was last show, anyway. Anyway, but no, like. If you want to like make like Red Mage feel like a real job, like for starters, you have to have like more than just your quote your uh, uh, burning mana phase with your melee abilities. More than literally a one two three combo, like that's it. Like your your melee stuff, you just hit one two three and then you're done. 
there's absolutely like we always like joke and like talk about how jobs have like no like diversity or whatever but for red mage like your melee shit is literally one two three and then that's it like for starters you should have had like a dot you can throw in there or something like some way like instead of just like getting your mana filled all the way up to 80 or 90 and then go through your combo you should be able to like have like uh like a melee dot that uses some of your mana but not all of it so you have to like balance it and plan it out yeah see that's the thing is like it, red mage even just picking it up is is you can master it in the first few minutes that you're you're playing it like there's never a moment where you have to make a decision like that you know uh if you had something like like juxta saying where like oh i might not if i do this i'm not gonna have enough mana to finish out my chain but maybe the dot would be worth it since there's a phase push coming up like right it's so, it's so like the best thing to do is always blatantly apparent to you so yeah. Red so, Mage does have Mudra type lag though sometimes where it doesn't proc double cast right away and you start long casting your big moves. Oh, oh yeah, that's the sounds- worst. So the worst. So it sounds so it sounds like Juxta, you're you're kind of complaining that Red Mage doesn't have enough of what I actually like about Dark Knight, where there are certain situations where it is, you know, more beneficial to fire off a Dark Arts because of the added status effects that gets put onto it. As opposed to to waiting and and holding that back, you know. Yeah, there's there's literally no decision making whatsoever beyond should I pop my cooldowns now or later. That's real. I think that's really disappointing. I mean, I know that Square Enix it's said super that they wanted disappointing when you compare uh, Red Mage to the Eleven Red Mage, which had a ton of decision making. Should I actually try healing this person, or should I actually continue on going with my refresh and haste rotation, or should I be a benefit to the party and cast enfeeble magics on the mob, or should I? Say, I don't know. Fuck I don't think there was that much melee Red Mage. I main Red Mage in all of Endgame in fourteen or in Eleven, and I don't think that there was that much at all. Basically, my party was like, "You're healing this round," and that was my only option well, that's because like, you were a bad red mage and they knew no, it. that's because yeah. i was in an end game link show that did shit like when we killed pandemonium warden i think i only oh, you mean like logging out healed. and just jumping over all mechanics and then when you in between heals you do enfeebles always you don't ever decide between to enfeeble or to cure like yeah but at the same people's up at all times that's just what you do but at the same time i i mean like a link shell that's operating on that kind of level is not going to have you doing worthless shit right like that's why they would have me stand around and meditate up to full tp and then go in and do one <laughs> yep, weapon and skill then and then come back out because it took <laughs> it took more time and mp and effort to raise my dead ass from standing out there but that's that's you know like that was the efficiency part of of 11 right like yeah. that doesn't really play a role here so what i wanted to ask juxta is what he thought that Square Enix could either change or where, you know, like they could improve on Red Mage and make it feel more quintessentially Red Mage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For starters, like the spells, like your stone and your fire, like your basic spells, they should do something different between the two of them. Even if it's something as basic as one gives more mana than the other one, that is really important between giving the the job like a dynamic and making you have to think on your feet because then your mana, uh, your mana balance are going to get imbalanced throughout the course of the game. Right now they're equal. So they're always going to be equal throughout the entire fight. So there's just no point to start with. They should probably do at least that, but they also just have like different effects too, like maybe like a slow or something, but like just 
give us something more and for sound, start, you sound like and, you're asking for enfeebles maybe i mean maybe well i mean red mage was the quintessential enfeebler too but you know i guess they're trying to get away from final fantasy 11 because yeah, we don't have enfeebles are horrible in general i mean because like, any enfeebles that are ever in this game get resisted by the big bosses anyway so yeah what's the point yeah, yeah. that's true that's well, it's, it's a bummer too because red mage aesthetically like works so well and like the jumping around is really neat conceptually so there's a lot to work with like, the only, like the problem is like in when you strip away all that aesthetic to it what's underneath it is really really basic I, that's and that's kind of disappointing to hear i think um you know because we've 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 long kind of suspected and i mean if you want to choose different words accused square enix of of you know making the jobs pretty similar on paper and then changing the names of the animations and maybe some small variations between the two to distinguish in you know roles in a role type situation uh you know how the jobs operate one against another but really you know when you when you get right down to it most of the abilities are pretty similar one against another um you know if you have uh, uh uh, uh, you know, a bard and a machinist, they they really end up filling a lot of the same roles uh, in in terms of party comps. So, you know, I don't think that I don't think that you do. I think the um, most that the you know, the, the, the most that you have here is, uh, uh, you know, Square Enix giving validity to the idea that, well, we could take a bard or a machinist and not giving statistical preference to one over the other. And I think that they do that in a lot of ways. And in a lot of cases to the detriment of their game, because, again, like what it, it really does not feel all that different to play one melee DPS against another. Right. Like there's some combo differences there's some rotational differences, but at the end of the day, it, they feel very, very similar. Yes and no, but may, I might be I might be spoiled with uh by playing ninja because ninja felt completely different from monk and dragoon when i played that is true uh, when i leveled them up that is but true. at the same time monk and dragoon did feel pretty much similar when i was leveling them up in heaven's ward so well, and the tanks are really bad because you i mean the the tanks are almost identical one next to each other um and it's just it, i don't feel like in stormblood they felt that way though like I can distinctly tell, I felt I had a different experience playing each of the different tanks. Are you saying that between sixty and seventy specifically? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Specifically, I will give you that, and and I can speak the least to that. Um, you know, because that's that's what I've experienced the least of. But I, I would say prior to this, because I had leveled all of the tanks uh, in in Heaven's Word, that prior to this, that the tanks did feel very much the same one against yeah, they another did. they, they mm-hmm. it, it was really like just the names or the animations on the cooldowns are or, or, you know that that were different and if and you that's why un- i hated dark knight more is because they all felt the same except dark knight i'd run out of mp and fuck up my dark side all the time so i said fuck dark knight right really. right when the rest and then the, between paladin and warrior i was like whatever there's you know well i mean it would be like um 
it'd be like paladin running out of tp and then losing some kind of status effect because of it like yeah, the fact that yeah. you dropped dark side when you ran out of mp was i think the really big the really big problem there because you could notice obviously that you were out of mp because you'd stop doing animations but then it would take at least maybe either until the end of the pack to to realize that oh dark side's still fucking down you know what i mean like that i think was was a pretty big and necessary change that they made in between heaven's word and Stormblood, and and one that i quite liked yes it made the job a little bit easier and and dummies you know got a got a free pass uh you know for not having something that identified them as a dummy but you know like i i think that all of that um you know was was a step in the right direction uh i'd be interested now to kind of level warrior between uh 60 and 70 and see what kind of differences i notice between uh dark knight and warrior that's probably not going to happen i'll probably end up uh leveling if anything else i'll end up leveling a dps job just so i can feel like it's different but again i don't think warrior is as fun this time around personally you don't because like they make it because you know you can do three fell cleaves so easily now and i feel yeah. like the fun part They're just of me giving it to you on warrior yeah they do and in my the fun part of me on warrior is being able to time all of my cooldowns and things nicely enough that i get those three fell cleaves within that berserk timer before it was it, it was, wears off it was so satisfying yes when I, I was just to about that. to say that you know that i know it's been removed completely that from sucks. the feeling of warrior that which sucks. is why i actually am enjoying dark knight now much more than warrior when pre stormblood it was the opposite yeah no Red i mage I, never gets that feeling by the way oh boo no 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 i <laughs> but i understand i understand what that feeling is because it's like that like pure autistic joy that you get in your heart <laughs> from getting something completely right it's like it's like the same satisfaction that you that you would see like if you saw m&m's color coded you know what i mean like you're like i don't know why that's deeply satisfying to me but it is and and so yeah it's just we're we're all kind of when in that moment what we're doing is we're just we're letting the small small autistic child that lives in all of our hearts a moment of joy so um it's sad that square enix would want to see that small autistic child not get that moment of joy but you heard it here first square enix hates the autistics so let's go back wow. to <laughs> let's go back to our phone lines and uh talk to satori komeji of Sargentanis. what's going on satori hey how's it going um you know we're here yeah <laughs> what's up Oh, well, I uh, I want to give you my little two cents on Samurai. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, We don't have anyone on this cast that levels Samurai or that is Uh, even remotely into Samurai. So we would love to hear your thoughts and opinions. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on Samurai. Fuck all of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you're pretty on time, Nika. Go ahead. I'll let him have his moment first, though. Thank you. Welcome. So to say, uh, I, I completely disagree with Juxta was saying how he's uh, how all the melee DPS play the same. They don't. Monks, you're okay, always so yeah. Okay, May, or ninja and Sam right now aside. So really, I guess it's just monk and dragoon felt too similar. Yeah, I no, I, I think monk, leveling to fifty they felt similar, but fifty yeah, plus they two point oh. So I, I, I but dude, I, I, I like I totally agree with that throughout the 2.0 era with Dragoon and uh, and Monk were incredibly, incredibly similar. It was really just a matter of positionals. That was the difference between the two of them. And that was, I think, incredibly frustrating because I did want an entirely different experience when I picked up Monk. And after I figured out that it's like really just a matter of where you are when you're doing your abilities, that 
not that all that much has changed. Like there's a rotational difference, there's a positional difference, and that's about it. Now, yeah. now Ninja and and I and I have to rely on uh, my cohorts for this uh, for this for this feedback. Uh, th- apparently, felt very different. I don't know. I didn't really play it. I didn't really care enough. But I knew it yet. But uh, Ninja apparently did feel very different and uh a samurai from what you're saying also feels a little bit different so um that's fair but i i i will defend that samurai and monk uh, especially in the 2.0 era were extremely extremely dragoon and monk dragoon and monk sorry yeah they were extremely similar but that it's one of the things I like it with Stormblood, especially with all classes, is the, the amount of extra abilities that has been added to 2.0 era. I mean, going off of with Samurai, it's just like having your kinky... When you go from like 60 to 62, as I'm sure Nikin can test, when you get that kinky mastery too, oh, it becomes beautiful. so much funner. It really does. I feel like Samurai has the feel of Ninja because you still have to manage like getting different symbols and using different moves based on how many you have, but it's just more it has yeah. more of that satisfying so, feeling so well, yeah samurai is ninja for retards because yeah. you don't have to do your mudras all at once so i i had felt i had felt uh you know when when heaven's word came out and uh when i was leveling up dark knight and taking that all the way to 60 that i had felt at that time that dark knight even though it it was not necessarily the most high performing class was designed more with the current game or the current way that the community was playing the game at that time than some of the other tanks, right? Like, I felt like there was way less wasted or useless abilities that I had gotten with Dark Knight than I had gotten with, with Warrior. And I both appreciated that and I liked that because I felt like it was like, Oh, this is a new class. They, you know, Square Enix knows that I've already been playing. So their expectation for me as a player is a little bit higher choosing this job. And I'm curious if you guys felt with Red Mage or Samurai that that was the same case. I didn't feel it with job. I felt it more with the role action because going up against uh, Neo X death. Uh, uh, there was a disability called faint, which if you're playing a game casually, you're not going to look too, you know, you're not going to look at it. But when your tank's about to take a double attack, every little bit counts. Especially when you're hitting uh, enrage and you feel X death coming down on you pretty hard. But I mean, That's like, kind of- can can we can we just admit though for a second that those abilities are literally outside of gear the only variables that you that exist player to player and that for an mmo i don't know that i love that right like pretty inexcusable isn't it though like i mean like when you really really think about it right like okay the 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 abilities that i choose in my selection before i go into the fight and then gear a little bit matters in terms of distinguishing one player from another. And I think that that, I mean, like, again, especially for an MMO, I find that a, like a really unsettling fact. Am I, am I, has if, gone to a you, level that is unreal. 
because I mean, with that you have the other opposite of that, which is Final Fan- the namesake of Final Fantasy XI, where you have your flavor of the month jobs. Because, well, I, but I know. think we, in a, in a way that we still have that, though. We still have that. I mean, I think an MMO will always kind of naturally have that because look at the disparity that existed between Paladin and Warrior when 4.0 first dropped. There was basically no reason to play Warrior at all. Square Enix, of course, no. of course, of, of course, uh, you know, adjusted that. But Pretty quickly, we might it. add, and ignored Paladin for all of Heaven's Ward. But you know, that's neither here or there. Oh, yeah, that's kind of Astral. Astral took a took a while to get to where it is. I, mean, I, I just, I, I like to me. I think that 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 is super frustrating. But I mean, it's not to the extent of like you know how early Final Fantasy fourteen you were folks or Final Fantasy eleven you were focusing on magic damage. And right around the time when Tresses of Al Ergen came around, melee burning became the huge de facto thing because not everything had a lot of health. Yeah, but I don't think it's survive. I don't think it's a binary decision between one or the other. Like I don't think I don't think having an aspect of uh, of of that in your game necessarily negates you from making a balanced game, right? Because for all of the problems that FF11 had. You know, all of and 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 yes, you're right. Like the little tweaks would send jobs into, you know, flavors of the month. But I think that that's at least fine to some extent and expected to some extent. You know, again, again, it, it happens in 14 as well. And then, you know, like either someone will come out and and, uh, you know, with with a uh, amazing rotation and and, you know, some of the pendulum will start to swing back towards Dragoon, like the Dragoon monk paradigm that existed throughout all of a realm reborn and all of heaven's word was really only disrupted a little bit by ninja and now a lot of bit by both ninja and samurai. Yeah. So well, I got my I got my bard hammer me to level of dragoon, so he gets his little DPS buff uh, piercing. Like every everything flows a little bit into each other a lot more, a lot better in Stormblood because of that. I mean, look at yeah, look at look at the waves in popularity that bard has gone through. Great example, great example right there. Because right now, machinist is really the biggest slacking job, and we're hoping I, I hope to see more machinist later. And and the and the thing is, is that at some point, Square Enix will probably boost their damage or something to make it more attractive for players to play it, and then maybe reduce their heat. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, machinist. I don't. I don't even, so. No, no, no. I, I just I don't know what they could do. Like I don't. I honestly don't know what they could do to make that more appealing. But I don't think that if you distinguish jobs a little bit more one from another. Especially in the way that like Juxta was talking about where, you know, what he's doing, the fundamentals of what he's doing on his Red Mage aren't really satisfying him or his desire to play a job that feels like a Red Mage. You know what I mean? Like, I think that you have a pretty fundamental problem. And, and I think that it's a stark contrast, especially between, you know, my experience leveling Dark Knight when Heavensward came out and Juxta's experience with Red Mage and Stormblood. And, and I, I really hope that this isn't indicative that 
the development team has taken some kind of creative hit when it comes to adding new jobs or abilities. Because again, the more samey they feel, I understand from a development perspective why that's important, why a balanced play environment is an important thing to have and encourage in your community. But if it's at the expense of fun, it might it might be at the level of the playing field because I don't know how Nika feel, how Nika feel how much things feel different for Nika from doing expert roulette to you know doing Savage Three because I know you know doing Savage mode fighting in the high end fights my job feels a lot more exciting the playing um, the game feels a lot more thrilling. I mean yes and no. I'm just bored of the current raid uh, like base. What was the word I'm looking for? The structure, the current raid structure paradigm. of raids. Um, but I mean, I guess sort of, although in dungeons, I actually get to use my paladin AOE move, which is fun. I don't use that in raids. So. Well, can I just say how much <laughs> I fucking hate dungeons now as red mage? Because you know what my red mage AOE is? Pressing one over and 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 over again. And then I press two, three times, and then I go back to pressing one for another eight times. Much excitement. That's all I fucking do. I have one AOE move as Red Mage, and then I press three stronger AOE moves when I get to full mana, and that's it. That's all I fucking do. I fucking hate it. Well, and that, I mean... And you know what? You know what? This is what pisses me off, too. And people are advocating to have combos reduced down to one automatic button. Like, I can't even stand... You stand it as AOE. Yes, people are I, fucking asking for it. I'm a proponent yeah. of that. I, I support that. Oh my god, you're a fucking moron. Why? You are a fucking I'm moron. Playing, Go I'm back playing to Dragoon playing Dragoon right at like 30, level 30 and just impulse and, drive ad nauseum. And all I do is fucking, I have to do rotate. Just press one button. And it's like, okay, I need to do this combo chain, just like it is in PvP. No, that's, I don't want that's that. Funny. Uh, why? I, I, I would be so if, if they if they put one button combos in PVE, I would be so bored. Yeah, it, it works in PVP because there's so much more movement. Like if the yes. enemies move yeah. around in PVP, also like PvE, like they do PVP, then it would make sense to do that. But everything you fight almost is stationary. Yeah. So why would you ever need that? DPS by numbers, guys. One, 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 uh, one, two, three. Like at that point, why even one, bother two, three, four, pressing five, one? Why don't you just have your automatic combo when you're in range? Yeah, why not just stand in range? Don't give <laughs> yeah. any I, have ideas. Ma- I, have, I have a macro to spot my hot bar, so I don't have to fucking keep on pressing like the seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, it kind of bo- it kind of bothers me that mob pathing is just not even a thing, right? Like every once in a while, you'll have mobs that run a specific patrol, but mostly it's just like random periodic movements that don't mean anything from monsters that might aggro you. You know what I mean? Well, that like, went away with 2.0. Like, Caster Meridium is like the last example of that I remember. Yeah, I... After that, that disappeared. I, I, I can't think of any currently and if you think about i mean if you think about dungeons though that's like there's something like pretty interesting i I will take i will i will say that the the like one part of the stormblood storyline where you could like metal gear your way around through the mobs that was that was that was pretty cool that was pretty well done but again that's that was being done through an instance so a, a little bit different there but it does bother me that in something like a dungeon that you have next to no 
mob pathing. Their their movements are totally fucking random. And and very very you know like infrequently do you have anything even remotely resembling a patrol or or even just like yeah. anything more than just random movement to any of these mobs and especially not any of the fucking bosses. The bosses only ever follow whoever has the most hate and maybe they'll move to a specific place on the arena to do an AoE. That's about it. They got a little bit creative in some of those Xenos fights where they would have him cross the entire arena. Um, they got a little bit creative with the Fordola fights, but again, yep. those were really instanced, and I haven't seen them take any of those ideas or core concepts and start you know, working them into the fights. And and you're right. Like it's like think of how little programming that actually takes on on Square Enix's part to just go, oh hey, well so uh, this this character or this mob only follows who has the most hate, except for one. There's one boss I could think of that that kind of ignores that. Um, but you know, like it just it just follows this one player and then has no you know more complex movement patterns except oh it moves over to the other side of the arena. Okay, cool. Like I, I I remember in 2.0 in a sunken temple of Karn, there was like one trash pack that you could skip by like like if you just perfectly maneuvered yourself up like the left side of the tunnel, there was a wall you could climb over basically and skip a trash pack, and that was so nice. And like and literally when you think about it, all it is is your ability to skip a trash pack by dodging its aggro. Yeah. Like. It's so nice. But I mean, like, like, uh, like what happened to, to, to doing little shit like that? Like, it's it, like, again, I just I think the bulk of our complaint specifically about FF14 is at this point, it just feels so goddamn mechanical, right? Like, it just feels like everything is just boiled down to the same shit that we've been doing for the last two expansions. And, and it would just be nice to see some kind of, you know, something to latch onto to make us go okay well here's where the change is coming in and again you know people keep going eureka 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 and i just don't see it i don't see it at all and and and, i mean you know if you're gonna waste time developing shit like flying and swimming like why not at least i don't know like figure out how like to engage your players a little bit more than just that like i I mean like 1.0 or 2.0 rather me would have absolutely said like oh no i'm sure you know there's something new and unique with eureka that'll be fun to look forward to and then where i'm at now i just like no i can't see anything interesting or new coming out of eureka like it's you got to show it to me first and then i'll be like all right well that could be neat totally uh satori was pretty sweet Satori, before we let you go, uh, thoughts on uh, Eureka? Uh, I'll, I'll believe when I see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah, right. Same here. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much for the call, Satori. We appreciate hearing from you. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, you can give us a call on Skype or Discord. Limit Break Radio is the screen name on Skype. Send a message. Let Cookie know what you want to talk about. 810-515-8715. If you want to call in on a normal phone, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. If you'd like to call in using Discord, we encourage anyone, everyone to call in. Uh, we've heard from uh, longtime fan of the show just now of course satori komeji earlier uh we heard from a very first time caller uh inferno from bernhilder so we encourage 
everyone to give us a call if you uh, want to share your thoughts on uh, on on you know the job additions uh, that we got with Samurai and Red Mage, or if you want to share your thoughts of the adjustments that you got pre sixty, or how your job changes between sixty and seventy, we're willing to talk about any and all of that. Again, Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five Limit Break Radio dot com slash Discord. Now, Nika, obviously, we did talk a little bit about Samurai there. Um, now, how did you feel? Because you know you were super excited for Samurai, and you know this was the job that you've been asking for. Uh, how did you feel when you actually got hands on with it? Was it as satisfying as you wanted it to be? I think I really like it. Um, I do think it has Red Mage Syndrome in the fact that even bad Samurais have pretty good damage. Um, it's not that difficult to have high damage. However, the the variety of abilities are really fun. Um, and then it is okay. See, then that's definitely not red mage. No, syndrome. I mean it's it's in the no. It has the syndrome in the way that you can be a really shitty player and still have really high damage just because the damage output from samurai is naturally high. Um, that's what I meant. Is that it doesn't? It's less skill is required. However, it does have more management than red mage in the fact that you know if you're not paying attention to the order that you're doing your buffs because. Samurai gets three different buffs that you either put on yourself or on the boss or debuff on the boss. And if you don't do them in like the right order, one of them will wear off and you'll, you know, then you have to do it. It messes up your order. So there is a little bit more like micromanagement you have to do. Plus the damage output is high and it's really flashy and cool looking. I absolutely love Samurai. It is already, it's definitely replaced Monk as my main DPS. I just wish it was a tank, but it's not. So I can't main it, unfortunately, but I, I definitely would. It's a lot of fun. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, uh, whatever. I, 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 okay. I mean, I mean, it felt it felt a lot like because I mean, it felt a lot like ninja in the fact that you had to manage your symbols and that depending on how many symbols you have active, you do a different move. You have a DOT and AOE move or your big giant like charge up move, and then you have to you you want to make sure you keep the dot on, but then also pay attention to what cool or to what uh, buffs you have on so you don't do them in the same order or whatever. So and it's. It's fun. I really like it. Plus, the damage output is so high. How could you not like the numbers? They're really fun. fair enough. But in what way does it feel quintessentially samurai? I mean, that was my question to to Juxta and, and one um, and one of the ways that that anime. red mage that red mage kind of failed that test and 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 failed that was by not really feeling like a red mage in any of the traditional senses. So okay, well, I'll, I think I have the answer, but I'm going to ask you when you think of samurai from FF11, what's the first thing you think of that made it feel samurai like like what was the thing people wanted to meditate meditate was the big and thing the tp, TP regain, because yeah. of how many weapon skills it could do right right that's basically it because once the like our caller was saying once you get to 62 when you first get your kenki gauge it only builds when you use the, the yeah your, your gauge when it only builds up as you hit the end of your combos once you hit 62 it builds up on every single move that you do so like in 11 where samurai just had an abundance of tp and could do weapon skills consistently Samurai now just builds its gauge like crazy and you can consistently do your moves because you are always at high kanki. And the and the thing is is that the kanki gauge is separate from the symbols that you're already micromanaging. So you have your three symbols that build up to your one big move, but then like Dark Knight how you have like an AoE or a um a single hit move you can do with gauge, Samurai yes. has that too. Okay. So so you can you can consistently spam that. It's How come fun. she gets to talk about her kinky gauge and I can't? Because <laughs> you got boobs. Well, you, sometimes. So, so I think that's what makes it feel samurai is the big sword, obviously, and the fact that you can do so many moves and spam them like 
what samurai has been known for having lots of tp it's just they use a, a kenki gauge instead of the tp itself interesting mm-hmm. it's fun i like it a lot but again i think i think just from your description of it i i already see how you know that doesn't necessarily have as many moving parts to it as something like Dragoon has. Dragoon you know, is the most complicated thing in existence right now. Like Dragoon, yeah, well, I mean, Dragoon has, you know, one of the most complex rotations uh, Absolutely. that I can think of. And Samurai's is just about paying attention to what buffs you have up and how, like, how much gauge you have. Like, there's, there's more micromanagement than Red Mage, but not as much as Dragoon. I mean, I, I but I think that you know like what we're seeing right now with dragoon is kind of more indicative of the fact of how long the job has been around and how many things that they're just trying to tack onto it at this point you know like kind of like they try in a lot of ways they're trying to smooth over like what they do in stormblood is trying to smooth over what they did to it in heavensward like they they gave us uh fang and claw and wheeling thrust uh, and that's kind of our move that we have to do to keep our blood of the dragon up so that we can garris google you like you need a, f- a fucking like yeah. flowchart to follow this right no 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 <laughs> i i mean i know i know it at least uh, that far yeah so in stormblood they made keeping blood of the dragon up way easier like they, they decided like it's almost you don't even have to think about it like okay you uh more moves uh, keep, uh buff it up and it just doesn't go down as easy gear school doesn't like drain the gauge 10 seconds anymore so they made that easier and they gave us a whole new mechanic to play with uh where basically every time we do a jump we're allowed to do a mirage dive and after we've done four mirage dives uh we can uh activate uh our new move uh starts with an n it's red gear school that's just what i call it uh <laughs> Because literally, it's just Garrisogul with a red palette on it, and it does more damage. But okay. the problem is that Garrisogul is a like uh, a line of sight AOE that does decent damage, but nothing super exciting. So we have to go through a long buildup, like our uh, rotation. I think to get to our first time using a uh, uh, that move is like a minute and twenty seconds or something like that to get to it. And then it doesn't do insane damage, and you're really disappointed. Mm. <laughs> so, so to be able to pull off that big damage spike with max effectiveness, you've got to be able to do this huge, long combo of, of abilities that seems pretty unreasonable. Well, yeah. So basically, Old Dragoons, your, your whole thing was always about, like, I'm going to build up all my buffs and all my debuffs on the enemy, and I'm going to hit a really strong full thrust. And yeah. that full thrust is going to do, like, 13,000 damage, and I'm going to feel super good about it. Right. They've really smoothed out Dragoon's damage curve so that it doesn't have those big moments of damage, but all of its stuff hits a little bit harder. So, like, whereas full thrust may not be as exciting anymore... Like, I also get to do way more Wheeling Thrust, way more uh, Garrisco Ghouls, and Nastron. That's what the big move is. I can weave in Nastrons and those do these damage. I get to do my Mirage Dives now, which do more damage. But it, it's all just a lot of lower numbers that add up a bit, and it's just not as appealing. Like, you, do, you don't, do, no one your... wants to see a steady lower damage curve they want to build up for the big hits right 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 like where do you uh, is there is there one specific move that you can hit a big damage spike on though full thrust is still your hardest hitting move it's just not as exciting as it used to be that Um, that just sounds really disappointing it sounds like you want to be a samurai 
And what, what, they, what people argue is that like Dragoon got damage buffs in that you know now it has uh, the Eyes of the Dragon where it buffs up itself and another job near it. So like you're spreading out your DPS to other people. And it's like you oh know, yeah, best friend forever buff. Yeah, that argument didn't fly for me when I did have a wyvern. That like, oh no, my wyvern does damage. He adds, he counts as my damage. <laughs> no one ever cared about that then. So you don't get to tell me now that I that I have the dragon is my damage too. So okay, all right. So um, I I think that this is interesting. So because it, in the run up to Stormblood, uh, I know Scalia, you weren't terribly happy with Dragoon. Um, I thought it was boring. And and that you had had expressed some interest in Red Mage. Have you jumped the fence? Um, not on my main. I play Red Mage exclusively on my alt now. Okay. Uh, All right. How do you like it? Yeah. What do you think? uh, See, well, I mean, so like, okay. Dragoon in Heaven's Ward was boring, but good. Dragoon in Stormblood is boring and not that great. And Red Mage is boring, but good. So I like it, I guess, more than Dragoon. See, okay. I don't find Red Mage boring simply because it's quick. Like, I like how fast you cast and dodge around. Like, I like the aesthetic of Red Mage, and I think yeah. it's fun to move around and cast things, and I enjoyed every second playing Red Mage. Yeah. I just, I do understand that it's simple um, at, at its core. However, every time I'm playing it, I'm having a lot of fun. See, and I agree. And, like, I wish, like, they could have captured some of that with Dragoon. Like, a job that is built on jumping, why do all my jumps feel boring? Like, yeah. why is there never any, like, interest to it? Like, literally, it's you jump up, you disappear off the screen, you land, and then you've done damage. Like, so, how- so what would, what would, what would be what you would want out of that do you want like big numbers from it like if it was a big damage spike would that be something that makes your jumps feel more effective because maybe i mean it's not it's not just the damage numbers like you know you know what i thought would have been cool is if they had if they had added in lancet finally uh and maybe we could have a sequence where the only way you can do it is like you have to do like a spine shatter dive to jump to the enemy then you elusive jump you know to the backflip away and then you can throw the lancet when you land like you know, that some, would be really cool. Yeah, that actually would be around cool. the battlefield as you do it. That would have looked really cool. And so instead of Nastrand being just Red Garrisogul, maybe it, instead you unlock Lancet as your big move. But you have to do an elusive jump away from the mob to get some distance, and then you can throw the Nastrand or the the Lancet. See that now that's cool. now that's interesting because you know you can you can make that that distance requirement a thing, and if you put it at exactly where. Um, you know, where an elusive jump should hit you relative to the mob and it would be immediately available at that point, that right. it, that actually is kind of a fun mechanic that, that I could see, you know, being a little bit more engaging. But, I mean... Yeah, that's just the Red Mage mechanic, though. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, they, they gave Red Mage kind of the mechanic I wanted for Dragoon. Except here's a problem. Like, they had this uh, uh, this problem back in, like, 2.0 and 3.0 with, like, uh, like Dragoon stuns and the Monk's shoulder tackle doing damage. But they changed that in 3.0, but then they put it back in for Red Mage's uh, engage and disengage that, that it does damage. Now, if you want to do your opt- optimal DPS, you have to use these movement abilities, which means you can't use them for actual movement. You have to use them as part of your DPS rotation, which completely but, ruins the point but no one yeah. uses elusive jump anyway like right give me a reason to actually pop it i've popped it like like he, the only time you ever use elusive jump is if you want to backflip off the edge like me and titan extreme <laughs> or like if you want to be like a fucking show off and like oh i'm gonna dodge <laughs> an aoe with it like sometimes it works out and i admittedly one time in uh a12 
I did use it to like get into the safe zone just in time. So like, Dude, it doesn't, but it doesn't <laughs> even but need to be that a satisfying feeling. There it is. It was, it was extremely satisfying that one time, but that does not justify having elusive jump as a move. But I mean, like I, the thing is, is not, not necessarily like, like it would be how you would try to weave it in and out of rotations. And I, and I understand what you're saying, Juxta, that, you know, having those abilities tied to strictly your rotation is really annoying. And I understand that because you want those abilities free if you want to use them to legitimately try to dodge. Yeah. However, jumps are already ancillary to what a Dragoon's rota- rotation is as it exists, right? You want to have, or at least in 2.0, or uh, in heaven's word you want to have you know some buffs up so maybe towards the end of your rotation like after you just finished hitting a full thrust and then you um while you still have that buff up uh you're you're doing like a buffed jump or dive or whatever the fuck it is right like that that was the way that they were previously being used but if they had their own kind of separate rotation like all my jumps are available plus i've got lancet and elusive jump fuck it it's just a series of jumps jump elusive jump hit lancet jump back and i feel like having that at your you know as an as as a secondary rotation would be kind of really interesting um instead of trying to weave jumps in and out of your existing rotation Dude, I'm digging what Mox had to say. Give us Lancet and make it look like the Spear of Light that killed Orshifan. And here you ah! go. Here, yeah, here and then go. every... Here, you every can have Elusive Jump as normal. It, like, it's just your regular ability. But if you pop it on the heels, of, like, you're up close. Like, let's say you can uh, occasionally pop maybe every fourth Garrisco You can pop it. And on that one, you Elusive Jump like normal. But while you're on your backflip, you throw the Lancet as you land. Like, that'd be sweet. And then Harchifan appears and gets impaled. Well, no. that would be, you know, my personal preference, but I, I just, I don't know if Aldergans want that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before we uh, hear from Kahlo about Ninja, let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Terrell Mosvani on Louis Swa. What's up? What's up? Louis Swa. Uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, to talk about the healers. What's up? Uh, the, uh, I don't really feel like they changed all that much. Most of the uh, the skills we got in uh, in Heavensward or in uh, Stormblood weren't really necessary for uh, for healer. Do you, are you talking a, a specific healer or healers just uh, across well, the board? I'm mostly astrologian and uh, and scholar. I don't really have a lot of experience. Scholar with didn't like change they, very much. No, they got like uh, the level seventy skill, which runs completely contradictory to their level sixty skill, uh, which. You, you get the Fey Gauge at level 70, and it's used for one single skill, which is the level 70 skill. Yep, for the very tether. Waste, of, uh, waste of, uh, of design, in I, my opinion. But I really like uh, ex- what's the fucking excogitation. That's a cool move. Yeah, I mean, it lets me DPS I, I like, more. <laughs> yeah, I, kind of, I like that as a skill, but again, in this game, the healing... Uh, we don't need more healing skills in this game just because of the way damage is, is dealt by bosses and uh, and mobs in general. Because uh, it's it's mostly single target based and very predictable. Well, clearly... Uh, well, and, and clearly they don't want to add DPS skills to healers anymore, so... No, that's... because they just upgrade the ones we already have. Uh, right. Because in, in their minds, they, the healers don't need to DPS because... 
Like the dev team is just completely sitting on the fence and can't decide what they want the healers to do, and I think it's kind of hurting the the role as a whole. I man, I think you're right. I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, the thing that we keep hearing from the dev team over and over again is we want healers to heal and not DPS. And the thing that we keep hearing from the community again is go fuck yourself. We want to <laughs> have something. We want to have something to do besides tossing out heals every once in a while and. It's clear that Square Enix isn't going to up the damage ratio that that bosses are putting out or mob packs are putting out because that's going to make the game too hard. So they're stuck in this place of like, yeah, well, you know, healer is just going to be fucking boring. Like that's that's like their only answer. And I think that it's a really shitty answer. Yeah, I, uh, I just noticed in the chat, I'm not a healers don't need to dps supporter i uh if, if they want me to dps then they need to make, give us skills and uh opportunities to to actually make the dps interesting because i don't want to sit around spamming malefic over and over and over and over again uh, I, I mean i think it's, it's just as boring as standing around yeah no i i i hear you i, I mean there's got to be like some kind of risk reward factor in there um that makes dps you know like Again, something that, you know, obviously Square Enix wants to try to move healers away from DPS, but like either make it a big payoff that you get from trying to do it when you do it so that it feels more satisfying or, you know, like just I, I, I mean, and I don't want to say take it away, but like fucking like make a decision like Square Enix needs to make a decision. And I'm going to say right now, if that decision is stand around a lot more, just make sure that you don't get hit and heal people up to max, that no one who plays this game is going to be satisfied with that, except, I don't know, people who want to watch Netflix while they're leveling a healer. Like, I don't know who that benefits. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Because you're asking you're, the, the, the amount of attention you're asking out of, you know, players who decide to play a healer versus other roles is just is compl it's going to be disproportionate if you try to de-incentivize doing dps even more than they've already done yeah because I've, I've been playing healers pretty much every mmo i've played and i usually do it because i like to be tested in my skill to keep my party alive and that really doesn't happen here barring ex when you're doing progression uh once you have something on farm most of your time is spent throwing dps spells out and the dps spells aren't interesting that's my problem they either need to make healing take up significantly more time uh or they need to make uh or dps actually interesting to to throw out I don't know that I don't know that increasing the amount of time that that healing would take would be terribly satisfactory to anyone considering the you know one of the more enthusiastic complaints that I hear about FF14 is its global cooldown right like how slow it feels in comparison to other games which I mean we can debate that all we fucking want but you know it exists and and for some people it makes the game feel very slow and sluggish and i i think the strife actually put a, a you know a really good 
um, you know, a, a really good uh, theory out there is, it, you know, the, the animation seems to be the thing that Square Enix wants to avoid being affected with the global cooldown. And I mean, you know, I, I mean, I could I, I could see that stupid of a justifications coming out of Square Enix. Like, honestly, I could see that nonsensical of a justification coming out of them. But. I I just, you know, because we have that, I don't think that bumping the pace down of any of the jobs would feel very satisfactory to anyone oh, gosh, at this point. Please don't. You know what I mean? Terrible. I'm and and I I already when playing this game get tend to get very bored and sleepy because of the amount of patterns and the amount of you know like i'm doing it's the same three dungeons that i you know that i had last week to choose from and once you know those patterns and once you know what you got to look out for and what you got to have cooldowns up for and you know what i mean like it becomes very hypnotic and i think that that is due to the you know nature of the content the very structured and patterned nature of the content and the fact that square enix looks at 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 variables or um dynamicness and and i don't think that they know how to present it like i don't think that they know how to vary up the gameplay of this game to to be able to try to strike at an audience outside of of what they've had you know for for the better part of uh four years and and i think that that scares them i think that's why you know somebody had asked towards the beginning of the show why do we see this continued pattern over and over and over again i think that's why i just think that square enix is afraid to try something new because when they do it ends up diadem or it, yeah. you know what i mean like and and they're almost snake bitten yeah yeah and you can only have that happen to you like i i guarantee you that that square enix's confidence in in their ability to make new content for specifically ff14 was shaken when diadem 2.0 came out and after two weeks no one was doing it Oh, yeah. When they got those numbers back and were able to take a look at how many people were actively engaging and saw that, like, yeah, two weeks have passed and people are pissed and not enjoying it. Yeah, for, to fail at an event not once but twice. Okay, but you know what? I find it really hard to have any sympathy for them because with the first Diadem failed, I don't think anybody really begrudged them because they were trying something new. But when the second one failed to say, oh, two weeks out, nobody's doing it, you literally put it at the end of an expansion when nobody wants to do it anymore. That is all on them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyrell, thanks very much for the call. We appreciate hearing from you uh, and uh, your perspective on healers. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about how you're feeling about your job changes between 60 and 70. You can give us a call. Limit Break Radio on Skype. 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord if you want to call in on Discord. We'd love to hear from you. I know we've got a couple more uh, callers hanging on the line. Piggy McSquee. We'll get to them in just a second. But Kahlo, what did Ninja receive that you think uh, was either good or bad? Personally, I don't think that Ninja really benefited from the quote-unquote battle changes. And I don't think it hurt them either. But I think my biggest gripe overall is that Square Enix touted this idea of battle system changes as like one of the big selling points of Stormblood because outside of, let's say, uh, getting rid of the cross-class abilities because of ability bloat, because I think that was absolutely needed. And I would think that that's the big draw that came from the quote-unquote battle system changes 
if it wasn't for that though, nothing really changed all that substantially. I mean, you're going to see a difference in the way that jobs function from one expansion to the next regardless. And so it kind of sits a little uneasy with me that they're like, oh, look at these big giant battle changes. And that might be because as a ninja, the only thing that really changed was I got this gauge now, but all it does is as the gauge fills from auto attacks and when I use mug, as it fills, you can either do this AOE or you can do this one hit ability. And in most cases, they're on cooldown by the time it gets filled up anyway. So they just added an extra hit this, now hit that. While also, quote unquote, simplifying my job, which Square Enix told me does not mean we're making it easier, but they definitely made it easier. So how'd they make, how did they make it easier exactly? All right, so one of the things that I think, uh, and, and this is one of the reasons that, that Juxta love Ninja so much too, is before we had a bunch of different buffs slash dots that we had to keep track of, all of which had different timers on them. So there wasn't any single de facto, if you just press these buttons in this order all the time, you will do the, the top DPS, kind of like how uh, Dragoon was famous for having like the, what, like 32 button combo or something yeah, like that. 2.0. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. actually had to keep an eye on obviously your Hutan buff to make sure you didn't let that drop. You had to keep an eye on making sure you had dancing edge up so that you were doing the most damage from slashing debuff unless you had a warrior. And then you had to keep an eye on two separate DOTs that had vastly different timers. So in some cases, you might have actually went through the, the process of putting up both dots at once. And other times you might have only had to put up one dot at a time. There was a lot to keep track of on ninja and that was also with peppering in all of your other ninjutsu as well and now they've made it so that your dot is right there within just you your normal rotation basically it's like you get a one two three and then like a four five six and then throw some you know uh ninjutsu in there as well hmm. Ugh, that sounds awful Right. I mean, you, you do still have some some uh, choices that you have to make. And uh, but overall, going from from Heavensward into Stormblood as a ninja, you don't have to pay as much attention as you did. And again, even with the gauge, that's just two buttons that when you see them light up, go ahead and hit it. I mean, granted, I guess it gives us a little bit more aoe utility but nah, big deal well i mean we got sold that whole you know we're gonna make your job simpler not make it easier kind of thing right and yeah that didn't happen at all for us our jobs is like functionally it's way easier to play it's just less satisfying absolutely nah. and there are still some satisfying moments as ninja especially like at the beginning of fights you know trying to set everything up per perfectly so that you can get all of your biggest attacks with your uh oh, attack uh, well, not just tree attack, but the one that may, uh, that doubles uh, the attack you're going to use. Uh, no. It's just a a, a a little buff that uh, that you use. Crap, yeah, not see fake fake ninja. Uh, but yeah, trying to set all those things up right at the beginning is also made a lot easier though now because of True North, which I mean, I it's hard to hate on because it basically makes you should never miss a trick attack now. But then there's also I don't know like 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 a certain party that's like man back in my day setting up a trick attack actually meant something duality that's what I was trying to think of um so uh, here's the th I mean I guess here's the question what is ninja's utility like I mean like have you guys seen a big dps boost from 60 to 70 like how even sought after are ninjas for more challenging content at this point 
Well, I think the only reason that they're sought after now is because like Samurais, they have such high damage output potential. Um, I mean, I don't know how it looks. I mean, not the, you specifically, but I don't um, know how it looks uh, on the on the raid scene. But I've always thought that having a ninja just for the trick attack uh, alone would have been a big utility boost, but we haven't gotten anything new. I mean, the stuff that they added again was we got the uh, Hellfrog medium, a.k.a. murder frog, which is just an AOE. And then we got baklava or whatever the fuck that other one's called which is basically just like a big potency attack but other than that they didn't really add anything more to us to make us attractive to you know to to raids or other people man they gave you guys baklava i want some baklava (laughs) let me see what it's actually called i think it's balaclava if i had to guess but it you said baklava. I hope it's baklava yeah i I would rather have baklava to be honest baklava I'm hungry now. Bava Kakra. Okay. Bava Kakra. I yeah. said, Are you sure you're saying that right? I don't think Ball he is. Probably Kakra. not. <laughs> Probably um, not. But, you know, I mean, it's still, it's a really damaging uh, ability. 600 potency, especially in PvP. It destroys. But, I just, again, it doesn't add much. In, it, it, it doesn't do anything interesting for us. Um, I, I mean, I just, I've heard a lot again and again about the raid utility of samurai um and i'm just i i've not heard as much about um you know about ninja this go round and i i just i mean not to say that that means anything mm-hmm. i'm just saying that you know i i didn't know that's why i was asking so yeah. um, well i mean and a lot of people in the in the chat are saying that ninjas are a must and they have a lot of utility and and, and they do but they don't they weren't given anything new to the utility we, we we've largely kind of remained i feel unchanged in in the way that we operate except that things have gotten a little bit simpler Fair enough. Let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Piggy McSquee. What's up, Piggy McSquee? What's up, guys? Long uh, time no see. Yeah, how's it going? Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. We've missed you here. Yeah. Every time oh, I hear yeah. that Piggy McSquee is coming on this show, like, that is not coat. the voice I am anticipating. What do you expect? Some a, a squealy voice, like a really high-pitched squealy voice. Next time I call, I'll just doink for you the entire time. Thank you. No, 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 no. That. You just got to You got to do your most convincing. <laughs> you don't want that. Is that how we yours. summon you? Is that how is that what we have to do to summon you? No, I, you just got to summon me with Jux's bad glam and I'll come and insult him for you. OK. All right. Well, we'll keep that in mind. That's easily done. I mean, he he I don't my think he's had a perfect right. Now. I don't think he's ever had a glam that was good. So, oh, wait, hold on. I'm wearing my hat. There we go. Now I got the awesome hairstyle going. Anyway, I hate you. Uh, so, Piggy, what's going on, man? Uh, what what job do you consider your main? And uh, if uh, if it was a uh, pre Stormblood job, how did it change? Well, currently, I'm a samurai main, but in Heaven's Word, I was a machinist main. So, I guess I'll fill in the shoes of uh, that trash panda Skuro. Yeah. I mean, hey, we sorry. we wouldn't we wouldn't have cared what he had to say. So, yeah, um, I know. Be my guest. But, you know, machinist changes. Where did my numbers go? <laughs> I, I don't feel like I've done damage yet. I mean, sure, they've slowly been upping our damage. But that wildfire damage, it doesn't seem to be there. Like, Interesting. Barely, barely hitting 10k after, like, so, well, I mean, I can hit 10k now at 70. But at 70, 
I should be able to hit 20k because you could hit 10k at level 60 before. No, I mean, I did play, I actually played a little bit of Machinist last night uh, when I logged on. And to me, it felt like they had taken what was previously, a, uh, you know, just like a status icon and had moved that into the three bullets down below. Now, I, I mean, granted, I have not spent a lot of time playing Machinist, but I felt like the additions that they got with their job gauge were pretty subpar. Uh, yeah, I don't have much fun with the overheat gauge. My problem still kind of lies with the three bullets and the ammunition now. Yeah, the overheat gauge, I mean, the overheat gauge is is pretty useful. But yeah, no, that's exactly what I was talking about. Because at 60, the overheat gauge, I mean, it doesn't play that big of a role. But the three bullets that you have do. And it took me actually a while to realize, oh, that's not the status icon anymore. That's now my job thing um, to, to know where that had went. Uh, and I just, I, I don't really know what the purpose of that had served exactly to move it from one place to another. I mean, yes, it's less annoying to look at and it's a little bit more graphical, but at the same time, it still just looks like this blob of shit, this like blob of like silver. Like I had no idea where to put it on my UI. Cause I was like, everywhere I put this looks like fucking awful. Yeah. I just kind of threw it somewhere that's out of my way. <laughs> so, um, like, but another problem is the they got rid of the uh, cooldown, the overheat gauge cooldown on quick reload. So between level fifty two, where you get the goss barrel, right. and, like the heat gauge is relevant, right? To sixty two, where you get the ability actually, or yeah, sixty two actually for cooldown, mm-hmm. you have no way of cooling down in a level fifty two or higher dungeon. Nope. Fuck it. Just take off your goss barrel. That's what it is. That, that's kind of annoying at times. Oh, yeah. I kind of want to keep it on. Sure fucking is. It sure fucking is. I think that, you know, there were a couple of jobs that actually suffered from, uh, you know, like 60 and below changes that really kind of uh, really impacted the way that you have to play if you end up in one of these lower level dungeons. I, I think a lot of the like if you play uh, Red Mage or Samurai and you go end up getting into a low level dungeon with those in the like the leveling roulette, you feel kind of awkward. Like especially Red Mage felt really awkward to me if you uh, went to a low B dungeon. I mean, it definitely did feel that way with the uh, addition of Heaven's Word jobs. Yeah, because every time I got thrown into a real real low dungeon with Dark Knight, I really felt underutilized. Like I really felt like I did not have a good skill set to be able to use right and i mean I, i've been all day i've been seeing people in the chat saying that summoner just got butchered or something is that right well summoner is ha- i'd love to hear from some summoners hard i'd love to hear from some summoners uh, yeah. uh, about what happened to your job so uh Don't lie to them no gi- you wouldn't give us a call and let us know uh thanks so much piggy mcsquee it's always great to hear from you uh if you want to call limit break radio limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord if you want to call in on discord we'd love to hear from you again spe- uh, specifically summoners um i think it would be interesting to uh to hear it your perspective especially because the uh, chat is saying so much had changed about your you know your guys's job i can't um, imagine what would have gone wrong they got they got bahamut and, and right quicker bitching there's just a lot yeah. i think I, I i don't know much about summoner i think it's the one job that 
if you asked me to play it, I would have very little context. However, the the quests this time for Summoner were and actually I want to give them props for most of the job quests in general, the battles, because they're actually slightly difficult and you have to learn the mechanics and rotation of the job or you will probably I'll give you that. die. I'll give you that. Um, um, uh, so like the Summoner, I died on almost every Summoner quest like three times because I'm so bad at Summoner and it actually forced me to learn how the fuck to play Summoner. That's kind of cool. Um, uh, now I want to... Uh, Same thing I'm, with the Black Mage quest is kind of hard. I think, I think we're actually, in terms of like... Uh, personal experience with jobs 60 to 70. I think we've kind of covered all of our personal experiences. So uh, I did want to double back around and ask about the job quest that you guys uh, received from uh, from from 60 to 70. Um, how were you guys impressed at all with uh, with your job quest this go around? Because uh, I remember the uh, when when we got Heaven's Word. I, it, overall, I was not terribly impressed with the Dark Knight quests. Um, really. Wait, Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were so cool. Everyone. Yeah. See there. You and the Dark Knight quest to seventy are also very. Cool. No, no, no. The Dark Knight quest from sixty to seventy that actually was a lot cooler. That actually there was there was some real heart that was written into there. Also, Nate, I'm going to give you more if you actually read the journals for the Dark Knight quests. There's a little extra like stuff thrown in. Okay. I'm just going to throw that at you. <laughs> All right. It's worth, they're worth He's reading. like, I'm totally going to go do that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah, get right on that. Dark Knight kind of an extra voice on top of that, whereas the other jobs are a little bit more boring. Um, I will Read say the data logs. There are <laughs> there there is a mo- there is a moment in the Dark Knight quest line that is fucking awesome. Like it is it is legitimate. Like it's uh, I think it's the seventy quest. Um, there is there is a moment in there that is that is very cool. There's a fight in there that's actually very cool for like a whole lot of different reasons that I don't necessarily want to spoil. Um, but yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to encourage you guys to do it because, um, it, it, it's one of the few quests that kind of doubles back around on, you know, a lot of the characters that you've met in previous expansions, um, and, and previous to this moment. So, uh, I, I definitely encourage you. There's a lot of lineage that goes into that. So, um, if you haven't, you know, uh, consider doing that, but, um, yeah, I, I very much think that the, uh, the job quests this go around for dark Knight were far improved over the one to 60, uh, job qu- or not one to 60, but what, what was it? 20 to 60 30. or whatever, 30, 30 to 60, 30, um, that we had gotten with, uh, with heaven's word. So yeah, I, actually quite i enjoyed them quite a bit so i'm gonna i'm gonna restate like what i was saying before is that i think that in terms of i've done eight jobs job quests so far in the beginning of black mages so and i can tell you that every single battle has actually felt like they put time and thinking into the mechanics into the difficulty level to the fact that like you can actually die and feel like you're struggling to complete it if you don't actually know your rotation and well, i think I it's do- actually forcing you to learn the job a little bit in order to to complete the battles which i think is really really cool well i do think that the individual like stormblood wide um that the uh solo instances Instances, that you that that you're put into um that the challenge on those was like right where it should be yeah through all of the expansion that was actually probably one of the things that that i liked the most and not just from the job quest but from the msq too yes you know like like we make fun of xenos quite a bit but every time we actually fought him it felt like it was right where it should be. And I felt like I really had to work on, you know, jumping between all those different attacks and stuff. Like I, that. I agree. Now on both, I, I'm going to admit this because it's, I, I don't know. I don't know <gasps> if I should be embarrassed by this or not, but I'll let you know on both of the Xenos fights, 
I actually failed the first time because I was making so little headway on his HP. I assumed I had to die to trigger the the next cutscene. Both of them. Both of them. So looking bad. So so, you know, like when when it came up as duty failed i was like okay i guess i'm not supposed to die and then it, it, it felt like like literally if i had hung on 30 seconds i would have been there you know what i mean like it was like it was one of those and mm-hmm. uh i i actually thought that that was pretty fucking clever um specifically the second uh instance of where you fight xenos well because the second time you like whittle him down then he jumps right back up so i'm exactly. like okay yeah, yeah yeah this is where i have to lose now and you had a like, companion too that gets kind of knocked out halfway yeah I forget who that was um, that you were fighting with, but uh, yeah, no, wasn't it? Was it the second time? I think. Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, So I did think that that aspect uh, was very, very well done. And I did think that the individual battles, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the thing in the Yangtze and um, even really like uh, the, the um, individual instance that you have to do before unlocking Omega was i thought was pretty good um they did a very good job with all of those. Oh, that was a lot of fun yeah yeah but the the sad thing is is that that i i realized as i was going through that like damn this is the only trash pack i'm gonna see you know what i mean like out now it's just fucking primals i'm queuing for primals from here <laughs> on out and there's no there's nothing deeper than that and and i think that that's unfortunate because you could have rolled that instance into the raid itself and had that been very interesting and i'm sure that there are going to be people that bitch and moan oh why do we got to do these trash packs every fucking time well you do it when you go into fucking dunescathe or you do it when you go into all of these other fucking raids or whatever you know like just i i think that it really adds a lot to the idea or the the sentiment that you are raiding through a zone a a place you know an actual physical space um as opposed to what we currently have which doesn't feel very satisfying uh just feels like you're queuing up for primals so uh again if you'd like to give us a call limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord uh we'd love to Especially hear summoners please we we'd love to hear about your experiences uh going between 60 and 70 in Stormblood. if you had a pre uh existing job a pre-standing job how that job changed condition pre, pre how that uh job changed in between heaven's word and storm blood as well as uh uh you know any thoughts on uh, on any of the new jobs let's go back to our phone lines and talk to yasha from cactar what's up yasha thanks for calling uh, limit break radio yo what's up and uh no problem um i was i was gonna well i was calling to talk about the uh, utility changes in the jobs and whatnot and uh how square enix uh long story short kind of fucked it up i also have a little bit of experience in summoning Okay, so um, all right, let's let's get into your first point here about uh, the 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 DPS changes and the you know utility versus uh, versus DPS. So uh, what did uh, what did you want to say about that? Well, like the thing about utility versus DPS, it's like you can say that, but then it's like look at you know the shining sun of the expansion. At least in my opinion, it's fucking the paladin. It's like the paladin. And I'm just being on a dead horse, but like, the Paladin literally, literally has everything. The only thing it doesn't have is a gap closer, 
and it does better, if not comparable DPS to a warrior. And like, look at the warrior. Like the warrior barely has like okay, if you put them side by side, it's like you know, competent players on both classes, you know, the warrior's gonna have like maybe like a hundred, two hundred more DPS in the palette and it's like it's like, come on, dude, and like I play like I play warrior, like when I'm like I'm I'm not gonna say I'm a casual, I'm not gonna say I'm a hardcore, but you know, I'm the type of dude that does like parts runs and whatnot and it's like it kinda bothers me because like most most people, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's just like, yeah. Well, it's just like, it just kind of feels bad because, like, it's like I want to come in as a warrior, but, like, you know, they're just looking for, like, maybe, like, double paladin, you know, those really, like, hardcore groups or whatnot. And like when they're doing like the hardcore parts run, everyone has used double power. Like, <laughs> but the problem, but the thing is though, is uh, again we're talking specifically about the trade off of DPS and utility. Paladin never had the utility trade off, right? Like I think that that was always our argument from from when this disparity between warrior and paladin started to exist. That paladin's defensive capabilities didn't really outweigh. Warriors to a significant enough degree Not enough, no. to make it feel like they were, you know, taking enough pressure naturally off of, uh, you know, your your healer base. Right. Like Square Enix wants your healers to kind of, you know, to, no matter who's tanking to be putting out about the same amount of heals. Right. So you're not too focused on DPS. God forbid. So. <laughs> so so they have they 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 have these two jobs and one is slightly more defensive and and i mean only slightly but that's not yes, that slightly. i mean that yeah like that was that was natural defense and maybe one or two cooldowns worth of difference that's it and that's not a significant enough difference between the two styles of tank to differentiate in party comp and that's where i think you get you have the problem because if if you had if you suddenly took a bunch of damage away from paladin now that they've been brought in line with warrior right like if you suddenly took a bunch of damage away from them and gave them tons of defense now you're in a, you're still gonna ignite a shitstorm. like you're kind of like now at this point you're damned if you do damned if you don't square enix had an opportunity to give paladin more utility to make them more defensive and high a highly defensive the most highly defensive job in the game and distinguish themselves from both warrior and dark knight and they didn't do that. They opted instead to bring their DPS in line and for, as you had said, in some cases, even outclass Warriors DPS. Now, when you think about it, how much fucking sense does that make? I think that there is an, an argument to be made for increased utility, but that takes it like you, you the, the distinction and the difference has got to be wide enough on its face to affect things right down to party comp. Unless they do that, they're going to fuck it up every time. And you're going to have a, a, a job like Paladin not preferred for an entire fucking expansion because they just simply do less dps that's well, I just it i want to know when that became such a like such a terrifying thing that for a period of time maybe a job is what is less liked like i would rather sacrifice you know 
how useful my job is for a little bit of uniqueness sometimes. It's, I, I don't think it's such a bad thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, you know what? Maybe there is a lower tier job that is, has some really unique characteristics to it. What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with it is, is, is fucking Gordy is when there's such severe DPS checks that you can't pass them because someone's doing less DPS. Yeah, come on. Obviously, everything has to be about rating 100% of the time. But was that, was that indicative? That's where the meta comes from. Was that indicative of the way that Gordius was balanced or was that indicative of the way that jobs were balanced? I mean, I think that you can, yeah, I think that you can put forth a pretty compelling argument for a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But look at the way that they've responded to the, to the response of the community of Gordius through the changes that they put to Omega. Now, given Omega, do you think that we could have seen a little bit more dynamicness, a little bit more utility injected into these jobs because we're not being put through the same paces as we were during Alexander? I think that most most raiders have stated that, holy shit, Omega is way easier than fucking alexander was yeah he's, he's pretty close to being in line with uh the last run of alexander the creator that's what i hear well like the reason why they made it easier and you know they're just trying to get people to ease into their job which i'm assuming like there's, first of all there's like no point because all the jobs have been simplified excluding machinists and summoner for god knows whatever reason because like supply and summoners like playing summon is like a whole different ball game like machinist sucks but like summoners just like if you have to pick between the two, it's like, fuck it, I'll be a machinist and, like, don't hurt me. Like, like is like, if you die, you're fucked. And, like, it's so bad about Summoner because, like, your opener, you're literally, your opener is, like, you know, throw up, get into a Dreadworm Trance. You immediately drop that Dreadworm Trance to go into uh, Ether Port to build it back up so you can get off the Hamas. And it's, like, it's so much little things. It's, like, it's, like, and I know I'm comparing this to Red Mage, but, like, you have to compare it to Red Mage because... That's what raid groups want. They either want a red mage or they want a black mage. But if you're a black mage, you have to be hella good. And if you're a summoner, just get the fuck out straight up. Black mage is still because, like, it's still hard to play. Yeah, um, yeah, because black mage is still. Are you saying red mage or black mage? I'm no, sorry. black mage is still really hard to play. Oh yeah, black mage is yeah, like yeah, black mage is. I mean, it's still hard to play. Like they gave you tools and everything, but like literally, it's just like. Why? It's like why would you play either of those when you can play a when you can play a red mage who has honestly like more consistent, better DPS, uh, more adaptable in the um it, it really, one. No, it really is because on Black Mage, if you I mean it's easier to keep up Minokian than it used to be, but even still if you have to dodge a mechanic and you miss ca- recasting your stacks, it's gone and you're screwed for at least another fifteen seconds on damage. And and with something like Red Mage, like Juxta was saying, it has a very simple rotation to follow. It doesn't rely on you keeping stacks up or anything like that, and it can have more consistent damage. So while Black Mage can still be kind of fun, it's like, what's the point of it? One thing I felt like when I was playing Red Mage was always like, I'd have a period of time where maybe I was dodging a mechanic or something like that, and I'd be like, oh, man, my duality's going to wear off, or my dual cast is going to wear off. Uh, oh, no, no, never mind. It, it It's still good. Never mind. We're fine. Like, I, I, like, I kept expecting it to be harder than it was. Cons- no. Consider for, for just, uh, you know, a hot second, right? Like, if we're sitting here and the tiny, minute distinctions that exist between either what you have to do to be able to build a gauge or whatever, like to get your big damage hit off or whatever it is. Like if we're all, if we can draw these distinctions between the jobs as it is and Square Enix is trying to make the jobs as mathematically 
close together as humanly possible. Like if if we can still say uh, fuck summoner, uh, you know, in favor of a black mage, then why is Square Enix going out of their way to make everything feel more samey? Right. Like if people are still going to draw that distinction based on the difference of a couple hundred DPS between the two job. And I'm not saying that that's why they're doing it. But if they're making those small distinctions, why not widen that gap of how unique jobs are one versus another? And if you're going to have that that kind of, um, you know, either instability or or uh, uh, inequity in, in implicit in the system anyway. Exactly. No one can take any pride in which job they play. Like you you play it. It's your role that you play. You know, I'm, hey, I'm a DPS. It's not I'm a Dragoon. It's I'm a healer and not I'm a Astrologian because they're all the same effectively. Yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it's all the same. But, like, the reason it's just in, like, a raid scene, because let's be honest, like, that's the only content that matters. Like, you can say, well, you know, I craft and all that, da, 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 da. but, you know, you get to 70 because you want to do high end game content most of the time. And so, it's like when you pick up Summoner, it's like if you die, and I'm not saying you could be, like, the best player in the world or whatever, but that doesn't account for your healers. And I'm not saying, you know, healers are garbage. I'm just saying, you know, you might mess up or something. If you die as a summoner, you're literally fucked because you have to sit there, summon your pet, you have no mana. And if you're playing summoner right, you shouldn't have that much mana to begin with. But, you know, if you die, you have you have no mana, slash no health. So, you know, you have to hopefully have lucid dreaming. Then you have to resummon your pet. Then you have to hope that your ether flows off cooldown. And then, you know, with, you know, the Blight Mage job, Gage, uh, Yokin, I believe, it's like you have to do whatever the fuck with that and then some or red mage it's like you die you get back up you just go back in your standard rotation because red mage has no lockouts for the most part in their job like yeah they have their three combo bullshit but i mean you know let's be honest it's not that big a deal compared to the flight mage and the summoner right I mean, the biggest problem with Red Mage is when you die, you lose all your MP. And aside from uh, their roll ability, Lucid Dreaming, they don't get any kind of MP refresh. So uh, that's why it's kind of bad for the Red Mage to actually use any of their Cure or Res spells because then they just lose their MP, which is their actual DPS. So, But mm-hmm. hopefully you have another caster in your party to uh, give you... Uh, uh, what is that fucking thing? Uh, mana shift to give you some more MP. But aside from that, yeah. Uh, Yasha Balisade, thanks for the call of Cactar. We appreciate it. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, time's starting to run out in the show. We've got about a little bit over 15 minutes still to go. Uh, two callers left before we wrap it up here. Uh, so uh, if you want to give us a call, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, we'll go back to the phone lines here in just a hot second. But, um, yeah, again, I I did like the uh, job quest, at least for Dark Knight. I've heard nothing but positive things about the 60 to 70 uh, quest lines that the jobs get. I haven't heard about anything particularly cringeworthy yeah. or bad. Um, I my 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 whole quest line is cringeworthy and I can't, really I can't enjoy it because of one person. Oh, please let it be me. 
No, no. it's not for anyone who, uh, who unlocked or did the original Ninja Quest line. Yeah, no, uh-huh. Okay, so you know Karasu, the the other red ninja. He is essentially the juxta of Final Fantasy XIV, like through and through. If there is any one character that is Chris, aka Juxtaposition, it is him. But you're luckily, welcome. But the luckily, world is my stage. Luckily, he died at the end of the original quest line. No, nah, he just fucked off, bro. Now he's back. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, and Juxta was there with me when I found out too, and his in <laughs> his his uncontrollable glee just killed the entire quest line for me. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, I I feel like most of the quests I've done so far have been really good. Obviously, we said the solo instances have been really good. Um, Asian was pointing out how, at least in the Red Mage quest, I don't know about any other quest, the NPCs that are actually with you in the fights do the mechanics. Like, if you have to stack on someone with the stack arrows, the NPCs will stack. <laughs> oh, that's like, kind of cool. It's it's really cool. And um, in because there's actually a couple different job quests where you have to go into some old dungeon solo and 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 so you there oh. actually are times where the oh the hang on Anika doing, don't talk oh. over the donation. Hmm. Well, thanks for that perspective. Appreciate I guess mine it. was a second behind yours. I heard it after. Okay. Um. Yeah, and so having the NPCs do boss mechanics was really cool. However, I am still not satisfied with Paladin's job quest. It was way, way cooler than the Heaven's Word piece of trash, whatever those quests were supposed to be. But it still was really slow. It brought back a character from like the Gladiator quests that I had to go back and look up who <laughs> wow. he was. Yeah, um, and and I was like, so I guess if I remembered the Gladiator quests, it would have been a little cooler. But still, eighty percent of the the Paladin job quest took place during a tournament, and I just thought it was really boring. Um, the last like quest and a half was kind of cool, I guess. I thought Red Mage's quest was pretty bog standard in terms of you know. But oh, the Game of fought- Thrones references. <laughs> yes, Game of Thrones reference. Does a girl reference have me. a name? Oh yeah. my god! I mean, it's basically your traditional find a mentor. Your mentor saves uh, a girl. A girl find a girl in a box. Fuck the girl in the box. <laughs> then bring it out of the box. Wait, and then are you sure? Wait, hang on, hang on, mage. hang on. Are you girl named Arya? <laughs> are you leveling? Red mage, or are you just leveling creepy Victorian age magician? Like it seems like you you should not have the pimp hat, but instead you should have a a top hat and a really twirly mustache. (laughs) I think that I know exactly where you're going with this. The red mage NPC was a cool character though, and he kind of drops hints that he like knows Alice and like you know a little little bit. I thought he was kind of cool. We're gonna put this character in the box, tap it three times, and oh, (laughs) the box is empty. But the quests were cool, though, Jax. You have to admit the NPCs doing mechanics was a nice touch. Which yeah, is the why very, th- the very end where the, la- the last fight where you know the meteors you did jump in the circles, the your your uh, assistant helps you a lot better than any any actual player does. <laughs> yeah, and so but now that we've seen a mechanic like that, I'm curious because we get the beginning of Siren Song C where you have like Alpha Note and Lee fighting with you, but then they stay back. And then yes. we get something like Alamigo where all of the NPCs are like behind gates on the walls and they're not actually helping you. How hard would it be to have NPCs fight with you in dungeons. Well, I just think that Alamigo would have been so much cooler if like every time you found a friend on the side, they would then join your party and oh my God, go with you to the They're fighting their end. own battles, Nico. They're they can't help you all the time. Yeah. 
They were fighting trash, and that trash so, is hard to fight against. No, no, no. I, I, I get part, no, trash. part of the trash fight should be your party coming up to them, killing their trash, and then them joining you and no, moving no, forward. No, I, 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 I actually. How cool would that have been? I understand exactly what Nika is driving at because there. I mean, you do get a little bit of this moment when you uh, during Heaven's Word uh, when you were fighting with um, with uh, uh, fucking Azure Dragon. Um, Astinian. Yeah, Astinian in that in that fight. So don't you worry. You get to do that again in the Dragoon storyline. So, so I mean, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I think that that kind of mechanic would be really cool, especially in like trash packs that don't matter. And well, I, and I absolutely the regiments, right? Say well, what? See now, Fusarda brought this up. It's it's probably testing for Chocobos and dungeons. Or, no, not the Chocobos. Isn't the, no. the whole thing with the company that we train? Yeah. The, aren't they coming into dungeons? They said that, but who fuck knows if we'll ever but get that. This is a perfect test of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, well, I, okay, I actually do. But I agree with that. They said being able to bring companions into dungeons, and I think this uh, is more of a test for that, honestly. They said that the reason they're able to have your companions do mechanics in these duties is because they are specifically programmed to do the mechanics in the duties. So if they want them, your companions to do mechanics in instances and they have to program the companions to do the mechanics in each instance right yeah so do we really want them to put forth all that dev work so we can go solo sastasha (laughs) not really that's a good point unsynced it's a good point i agree no i agree i that's it's a good point I, i i wouldn't want that and also to bring up a point uh, that Nico was talking about earlier about having those NPCs fight with you, Nalamigo. We were running; they were running like defense distraction, and we were running straight for Xenos because we were the end game. We we don't have time to fight trash except for the trash that stops us. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that it would have been a little bit cooler, especially like why in Siren Song C does then Alphano and Lee, who are actually supposed to be really powerful characters, they hang back on the ship and wait for you or to explore. They have to like, protect ship uh, or like when they leave you to go fight fucking lashing and they're like you must have some adventure friends to help you right they're like why don't you help me how Um, about how can't be get tempered oh my gosh i mean that's true i guess but that's just an excuse to not program the npcs to fight you realize but i mean no i'm not even talking about a full fight i'm just even talking about a moment because as you guys had mentioned you see a lot of your companions in the uh alamigo dungeon they're fighting behind gates but i mean like how difficult would it have been to start off because you rejoin your companions at the end of that battle there is that scene where you start off fighting something together after that trash pack finishes you you can have them do negligible or next to no damage but they take a path that you can't even access and you actually feel as if you're splitting off from the group instead of getting the scene when you get to the top of the fucking dungeon where you're just like oh yeah that's right you're still here exactly yeah it would have been cool if like we maybe we do the first fight with them then they set up like i don't know like a ladder or something and take like a rooftop path or something or, like that fuck yeah, yeah awesome. like, or or like have what they're fighting burst through part of a wall in a room where you are and then you can see that like after that moment happens right like that's a that that's a good set piece moment to have a part of this wall destroyed but then you can actually see on the other side of the wall your companions fighting whatever that big thing is and have 
have it be a preview for the final boss of the it's, fucking dungeon. And like, as much as I, why am I more creative than Square Enix? Exactly. And it, well, the thing is, is I mean, as much as we don't really want to call back to Eleven as much, you know how my favorite battle still is the Promethea fight, where you have Prish and fucking Elder whatever his face is with Elmar, the wings. Yeah. Yes, like you fighting with you the entire time, and they are assets to your group. And you also can't let them die, which I think is another mechanic that makes it a little more exciting. Fusro Deja talking about the exact same fight in the chat. Uh, oh yes, and that that one for me has always stuck out to me as something that felt really fun and satisfying because of all the extra things that were thrown into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you could depend on uh, Ald Narsh to have that sweet AOE heal he'd do and, every now and yeah, then. And yeah, like yeah, yeah. And the Alamego dungeon was supposed to be like the end build up as you rush up to Xenos. And I just feel like if if you were able to collect your party and then storm the end, the final room of the castle together, I would have the whole yeah. time would have been like freaking out about how cool it was. But instead, I just had to like say, Hi. Bye. Yeah, you it's know, just and, it's just another boss room line. And they and don't then, even yeah. have like dialogue bubbles that pop above their head. Yeah. You just see you, if you don't see them there, if you don't look for some of them are so far back in corners or like right at the beginning. And if you don't look for them, you don't even see them. Dude, the They're first time busy I see fighting a liberation, they don't have time to throw non sequitur one I mean, some, liners. Some of them have one liners. Actually, I think Pippin or uh, Alphanet or somebody says something. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I mean, like we're talking about set pieces here. Like we're not talking about programming AI. We're talking about making set pieces more meaningful and using the characters that you're supposedly going into this fucking big battle with more more than just an afterthought in a cutscene as you go into the final boss right like that's fucking frustrating ps4 limitations <laughs> all right we're, we're we're getting low on time let's go back to our phone lines and talk to kenji made of behemoth what's going on Nothing much, guys. Thanks for calling. Who said Lim- something about PS4 limitations? Fuck you and whatever you stand for. <laughs> Sorry. You know that it's coming. You know what? You, you yell fuck you at us all you want, but this, the minute that Square Enix says it, you better be yelling double fuck you at Square Enix. Mm. Anyway. True that. True that. All right. Yeah. What, what, what do you want to talk about, bud? I want to talk about Summoner. I'm oh, sorry. God. Okay. Next caller, Summoner. No, we oh, asked wait. for Summoner. Yeah, no, oh. we we asked. We asked. So, uh, what is the biggest problem with Summoner? Uh, rune 1 does more damage than Rune 3. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, rune even, 1 does more damage than Rune 3. I mean, even when you're rune in Rune 3 trace? doesn't create, it doesn't do shit. It feels like a fucking scave. What? Sh- so I'm trying to write, but rune three has more potency, doesn't it? Yes, but rune three, if you keep testing it over and over again, it normally does around 4k, 5k, 6k. And I have 2k in crit, right? So I'm supposed to at least see some crit. No, I'm seeing four oh. to six. And rune one, hey, when I crit eight, or when I do normal damage, five to seven. What the fuck is that? So that seems like something's broken. Because of crit, you get have a higher chance of doing more damage by spamming a fast move rather than doing a slow move. It's not just that. Ruin four doesn't need to exist unless it's a fucking instant. I'm sorry. Because Ruin Four is just I have to sit here and cast. It should be an instant. It should literally take Ruin Two space and just be like, oh, it's off? Ruin two. Or Ruin Four. Not Ruin 3 and not Ruin 1. Mm. And Ruin 3, it takes so much mana from you. 1,440 mana from you. Look at Ruin 1, 240. And it does more damage? 
get the fuck out of here, Square Enix. Like, why are you doing this to us? So, I mean, but but again, like, okay, so that can't be the only thing that is 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 affecting why Summoner's utility or why Summoner's attractiveness is is has taken a hit with Stormblood, right? Like, that's I mean, that's one very specific thing. But is is that the only thing that you see? No, no. Bahamut, you're a nice, nice, awesome dragon, whatever. Everyone can love you, whatever. But to me, you're just a flying crocodile that just needs to fucking die somewhere. Like, why did you give us an Elder Primal for? Because people won't shut up about bigger primals and stuff. Uh, Good point. That's what you summoners wanted was a giant fucking floating that's, thing that blocks my view. That's right. That's what I thought that that was the all important end all be all. Like it seems like I, I, I mean, what are you are you telling me that what it Bahamut. takes what it takes to get Bahamut out is not worth the damage that it ends up putting out? Yes. Okay. I, and I there's a that. couple of other reasons why they gave us a stupid thing called like uh, Ikendo. Ikendo is basically, oh, a three-minute cooldown, and your pet gets to do its biggest move. All right, cool. Now you have a trait that basically says, all right, your pet did damage 10 seconds off, 10 seconds off, 10 seconds off for a move that's ass. Hmm. I mean, that 10 seconds seems like a pretty big punishment to put on the other side of something like that. Like, to me, if you're going to make something like that, then put it into something that hits harder or it's more official to our kit. If they would have said, oh, it helps you get your ether flow back by like two or five seconds. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, the game would totally change from that. And I would have been like, okay, cool. If they said, hey, you get ruined for procs if your pet or your dots tick, like let's say crits or direct crits and whatever and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. That would help summoners DPS out. That would help summoners look like, oh, shit, they're a threat. Or, hey, look back in 2.0, Thunder. Mm. What happened to Thunder and summoners? Oh, we were top DPS. Let's take that from them. Well, I mean, balancing and all that. But, I I mean, I I think that you make a pretty compelling point that what they did uh, was both unsatisfying to summoners and not terribly useful uh, when it comes to uh, group utility. So, uh, I, I mean, I... I I think that that is uh, is is pretty convincing uh, for me, and we uh, we definitely appreciate the call. Uh, wish we could uh, talk to you a little bit longer, but we're uh, starting to run out of time, uh, and uh, we want to get to our uh, final caller here uh, before we uh, before we wrap up the show. So uh, again, I want to thank all of our callers here today. It's been uh, really interesting to hear all of your perspectives on your jobs. Um, was there a job that we just didn't talk about at all? Anyone? Can anyone white think mage, of um, jobs? He- yeah, white mage and acid legend. We didn't really talk too much. Not no, we had um, we had a caller talk about it though, and I feel like that covered it in general. Um, I mean, I feel like I feel like we covered most of our most I mean, of our bases. We did. We yeah, barely talked about I mean, monk. Bard and machine didn't get too much love. I mean, we do know that they got rid of the casting. Oh yeah, we didn't they talk got. about bard. That's right. Mm. I'm bard, fine. Bard I'm, seems to be preferred way more over machinist now, and still pretty um pretty required for parties. You don't. <laughs> have to say much about bar yeah you, we're fine in a really good place yeah. everyone's happy it, it really is and, Actually, and 
you know, it got what? rid of its casting time and now it's amazing. Yeah, actually, I wanted to, like, if I was actually going to play this game more, I would probably level up Bard before I would level up Ninja right now because they have, like, three different modes when they're singing, which, like, actually have, like, different mechanics between them on top of the fact they can shoot while moving again. So, actually, Bard is, like, one of the more interesting jobs for me to check out. So, I think that you're... See, see now this guy uh, now this guy pushed back against uh, against me quite a lot when I called him a fake red mage but this just proves it man he's, he's going also a fake ninja he's going all the way back to his very first job no I'm sorry. No, no your paladin. very first job was paladin. No, yeah. your second job, your second like ah, I guess this will this will do because uh, I'm not totally useless. Well, see, I actually uh, went uh, went to Bard because they didn't nerf and I was going to be flavor of the month. and went with Bard. So. I see. But also Monk we didn't really talk about. And I can say I eh. think out of all the jobs that I've leveled, I feel like Monk has actually changed the least. Um, it didn't really get anything new to add into its rotation. Instead, it gets, um, you know, shoulder tackle. It's like charge where you drive forward and hit yeah. things. It's, yep. it's gap closer. Basically, it adds a move now where depending on which um, fist stance you're in, your shoulder tackle has a different effect on it. It's what? really stupid. It's really dumb. It's really dumb. What? Out of all the fucking moves to like yeah. change, you change shoulder tackle? Yeah, but then at least the one decent move is that if you manage to get into earth fists and then take damage, it'll refresh your stacks. And so sometimes in raids, if you can time damage and switch to earth fist fast enough, you can keep your stacks on longer. But that is still really frustrating. Otherwise, you just care about your shoulder tackle and it's stupid that's so it's stupid. stupid so overall monk's rotation really hasn't changed and it it doesn't feel any different other than the stupid changes which are just kind of passive because it's just whatever you're in you just get that like one of them is like a knockback one of them is like the, the fire one just does more damage i think the earth one is a knockback and i don't i don't remember what the wind one does but it's a uh, knock forward i don't even know <laughs> All right, we're going to take our final call of the night. And uh, again, I'm going to welcome in. He was a special guest host for one of the episodes where I was out, where, uh, you know, Nika played second banana to uh, to, to Strife quite well. Strife, welcome back to Limit Break Radio. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, hey, Nika. Hey, Nero. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for welcome Nika. Back, host. Th- yes, th- thanks, for, thanks for coming on, our uh, special guest host. So uh, what do you want to talk about uh, in terms of Stormblood job adjustments, changes, or additions? Right. So, I mean, Juxta, Nika, you tried, but I'm going to actually talk about Red Mage now. So just take a back seat. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's see All what right. you got there, Strifo. So one of you was almost correct, and the other one of you was completely off. So here's the deal. Juxta, you're partially right in that, yeah, for overall, this rotation is fairly simple, right? You're pretty much just bouncing white versus black mana, right? However, uh, since you don't raid there might be some things you missed. For example, you're talking about how you wanted enfeebling and utility and things like that. You have it. No, I want I something to make Red Mage interesting. Okay, here's how you make it interesting. Okay, uh, the big damage uh, ability is about to hit Nika because she's stupid and she's going to get hit. She doesn't have a cooldown. She <laughs> wasted it earlier. So, Damn it. Right, Nat. No, maybe she finally used Sword Oath, but now is not the time. I don't know. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Thank you. So you addle the boss, right? Or maybe you apocastasis her, whatever you have to do. Maybe you throw out a Vercure because, right, whatever. Maybe you throw out a Vercure because your healers don't do their goddamn jobs. Not that I would know. Um, but you know, whatever that may be, the point is you have so much utility 
compared to black mage and all these other people. So yeah, of course your primary rotation is fairly simple, but when you're designing a job or a class in an MMO or in any RPG really, right? You have two overarching ideals. It's do I go with a very complex rotation or priority order or do I go with something simple? And usually the reason you choose one or the other is what kind of mechanics and encounters are being thrown at you? It's all about encounter design, right? This game doesn't have an elemental wheel, so you're never going to get a red mage like you had back in the day. Uh, this it does not have a support role in parties, so you're never going to get the enfeebling you had back in the day. The game's raids don't have fucking trash, so you're never going to get CC and enfeebles like you would in other games. So the only thing you can do is manage cooldowns efficiently. And I will say this, you did miss out on one aspect of the prior priority order that does take a little bit of thought. Uh, when you have Verstone and Verfire proc, uh, if you, depending which one you have proc'd, you can get into some really weird situations where the goal is to get to 40 mana if manification's up, or to 80 mana each if it's not, right? And you might be in a situation where you always want to use Verstone and Verfire over Jolt or Impact if you can, but the issue is that if you have Verfire proc'd, and Verstone is not proc'd, but you have lower white mana, do you use Verfire and then Ver Arrow afterwards? Is that more DPS? Or is it to use Jolt slash Impact and then a Ver Arrow? Like, what's, what's the correct thing to do there? There are some interesting little situations there with when the procs don't line up the way you expect. So it's not completely mindless, but outside of that little situation with the way the procs line up and managing when you time and manification and embolden to maximize raid DPS... The true skill in the red mage job just really comes down to uh, raising teammates because your healers are shitty or people don't follow mechanics or Nika's in sort of at the wrong time, oh whatever it may be. But it's it's that, it's addling, it's vercuring, it's doing all these crazy little things in between and basically being like the un, unspoken hero in your group. I mean, Mismatcher in our chat brings up a good point, but those abilities are not unique to red mage. Those are casters in general. Yeah, Some all of the them. stuff like the Ver Cure and the Ver Raise, guess what? If you're casting that, then you're doing less DPS, and your healers need to fucking get good, because you're the fucking DPS, they're the healers, let them do their fucking job. Right, no, so, since you, so, so Juxta, since you don't do progression rating, you're clearly missing something here, and it's the idea that, believe it or not, you don't just go in and one-shot everything. I know you're used to the rest of the game's content, so you think that way, but basically, it actually takes many attempts to learn and encounter and defeat it, right? And when you're doing that, you're going to have times when people die. And a red mage is in a sweet spot right now where because of red mages, you can get people up in such a quick, efficient manner that you can extend the amount of time you have to practice certain phases in a fight. And I think that's why we had such partially why they had such a quick kill on the world first uh, kill by anger. This but, time I mean, right? because, but I mean, but I mean, it kind of speaks to a really interesting like like if you're doing if your party is doing really, really well. Red Mage should be boring. That job should get more boring the better your party is doing. Yep. Like, I Red agree. Mage is fun when your party sucks. <laughs> oh, I didn't say this was perfect. I'm not even praising the job. I'm just saying there's uh, yeah. more to it. Yeah, yeah. And as uh, like, because we're, we're talking about everything from the perspective of, uh, you know, all things else being equal, all things else being good, right. then Red Mage it doesn't like functions very boringly but you're right when you're actually out there doing it and nothing is going according to plan and nika sucks and your healer sucks then yeah i mean i'm not that bad well i think i think it really just comes down to encounter design right you can't look at job design and class design in isolation you have to look at how the encounter design causes these jobs to play off each other right it's you can't just put everything in a box otherwise you just end up with some really skewed data 
But again, I, I think, OK, so let's say that Omega Savage, right, like because they eased some of the difficulty there, that it became a little bit more welcoming for new players. OK, so you've taken you've taken the the five percent of your community that was doing Savage raids in Heaven's Word. And let's let's be generous. OK, let's say let's give them 10 more percent. Let's say it opened up to 15 percent of your community. But if you don't see the utility of a job if only 15 percent of your community sees the 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 utility or uniqueness of a job because the only situation where they're tested enough is in this one specific place i think that that speaks to bad overall game design and a much more troubling pattern of the way that square enix is introducing content and trying to subsequently challenge their community and i think that that's that's you know again if there's anything that i've been trying to raise the red flag on it's been that shit like it's been the the easing of content for things like steps of faith and 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 you know all of these other unnecessary nerfs that have come in this game's history now again i I will always uh, you know i think i think menagerie was at a good difficulty i don't think that that fight needed to be nerfed and they didn't nerf it all credit to square enix but the damage is already done the damage is already done and i don't think that given the community that we have just easing the first two fucking fights in savage rating is going to end up affecting the percentage of people that want to be able to challenge savage rating and i don't and then therefore i think that you do end up with a community that largely feels like all of your jobs are the fucking same that's how you end up getting to this overall sentiment that oh, all of these jobs kind of operate interchangeably one against another i understand that at the highest levels of play you start to see a little bit more uniqueness and a little bit more dyna- uh, you know uh dynamic and and that's where decisions like that end up actually mattering more but is that only appropriate to challenge 15 20 percent of your community with that and then let the rest of your community just go ah well shit's the same gonna run my dungeons get my tones and blah 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 Nero, I, I completely agree. And I think that it speaks to a larger problem with their and just overall encounter design. If dungeons were made to be more challenging, if that small party content, right, was made to have plus. <clears throat> <laughs> exactly, Kella. But if, if like things like that were to happen in this game, right? If you had small dungeon content that challenged people on a regular basis, if that casual content that people are playing had mechanics and things you needed to respond to or just general higher difficulties randomly or spikes in difficulties something then people would be better prepared for this and the jump to rating wouldn't seem so scary and i think even yeah even if you do what they did and you make a boss or two easy to try to ease them in you can't just jump from these piss poor dungeons into rating overnight well i i just i don't understand what they thought it was going to do i feel like they thought that that the way that they're doing omega and structuring omega was going to be an easy band-aid over the problem of 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 leaking players from your your raid scene because that happened we know that that happened over the course of uh you know the end of 2.0 uh to the end of 3.0 there was just there was a, a hemorrhaging of of uh not 
just veteran players of FF14, but veteran players of MMOs that saw the development pattern and went, fuck it, I'm out. I don't want I don't want to keep doing this bullshit over and over again. It really only took, you know, the second leg of Alexander for people to get really fed up on it. It, it, it was better than, of course, the first leg of Alexander. But at that point, the damage had already been done and it wasn't good enough to keep people coming back. And again, you only had the fucking boss encounters. There was barely anything to to, to distinguish it as a goddamn raid. And and I think those factors are the things that need to be addressed by Square Enix when trying to encourage people to come into their raid scene and not just the abstract difficulty that that the that the content ends up presenting you know like if you want to look at where the difficulty actually lies look at where the world first and how quickly they're able to get through it but i don't think that you know having less than 24 hours and and having a group be able to clear it did much to attract anyone to the content you know what i mean like i just i don't understand who they're trying to serve that's like they're trying to bring an audience that has no interest in that end of the game into that end of the game and i don't think like it's not lack of it's not you know, uh, too much intimidation or lack of intimidation. It's not any of those factors. It's the fact that you're not rewarded for doing any of that in any long-term fashion. And that's, I think, what what hurts, what ends up hurting the endgame community surrounding FF14 so drastically. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And, you know, again, if, if, if we had something to do besides raids, like, think about it. People are not trained to, to play their job or to respond to challenges. The entire way you level up versus the type of dungeons you do when you hit level cap, there's really not much difference. There's there's just no jump there. There's no like easing people into responding to a challenge in any way, shape, or form. I agree. But I, I, Final question, Strife, before we let you go, and uh, I'm going to pose this to everyone. This will kind of be the thought that we end on here today. Um, but, I mean... You know, is the damage already done? Square Enix has has been hemorrhaging players from that portion of the of the community. We've said that, you know, heavens or I'm sorry, that Stormblood was, uh, you know, resetting the clock in one of the last opportunities that they would have to be able to, um, you know, be able to keep a long term player base. And it seems like Square Enix just is very content to continue to try to attract new players to this game and try to, you know, go after, uh, you you know, a, 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 an audience that is clearly not one that's already embedded with the game. Um, how do you see Square Enix being able to write the ship at this point, if at all? I mean, for me personally, I think the only thing Square Enix can do at this point is to take a step back, take a really deep, hard look on the way they're designing encounters first before anything else. Forget the job balance, mm-hmm. forget the other features in the game. Just look at their encounter design and say, look, what are people having fun with? We are removing dungeons every patch because people aren't really into them as much. Did they ask the question, why aren't they into them? Is there something on their end that they can do? It, I mean, again, maybe this new content with Eureka is going to be something that people enjoy. But if it isn't, then I think they just really need to, they would need to overhaul the way they approach uh, group content and like group PVE content specifically and really take some some risks there and and really make it rewarding. Do you and think there's do you think yeah. Square Enix as a company or even this dev team 
uh, you know, led by Yoshi P even has the will to do something like that anymore. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I mean, don't if, if the rising event is to be believed, they're exhausted from the, you know, copy and pasting that they've been doing from their previous expansion. If that's the case, then there, no, there might not be hope. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, sort of echo Strife's sentiment uh, in the fact that obviously, yes, they do need to step back and take a look and, and ask themselves, why isn't what we've been doing working, which you're not going to do. But uh, I'm of the mind that, no, it's too late because any like real changes that you're going to make to turn this MMO around have to be something that I think is systemic to the way that it's designed. And even when you look at companies like, wow, they don't usually do stuff like that in the middle of an expansion. So now the question is, are people going to wait around an entire another expansion to see you make those changes? Yes. I don't think they are. No, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's why so many of us had said that it's really going to take uh, Stormblood to figure out what the future course of this game is. And I, and I think that that might be the most dismaying thing is that I don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, when it comes to the content that they're currently putting in and being able to write this ship. I, I mean, you can you can call me an elitist all you want, but the people who've been embedded in the game long term are the people who you want to encourage coming back. Because anytime you bring somebody new in, it's a 50-50 shot, roughly, whether they're going to end up sticking around to even give you the first 30 days worth of their subscription money. Well, and then it's a 50-50 shot after that of do they become somewhat a sycophant who is okay with anything or do they become one of the disillusioned elitists? And and yes, and and again, I think that, you know, MMOs are of such a specific genre that you've got to really examine what does well in the genre and and uh, you know, all credit to Yoshi P for going to things like BlizzCon, but I think it would be nice if he actually retained a couple of the things that, you know, he saw at fucking BlizzCon because I think that the direction that they've taken FF14 was really sort of that very entrenched direction that wow had had for a very long time and then i'm not sure what wow needed to do to shake itself up but at some point they devoted the resources and the time necessary to be able to develop content that their community wanted and that most long-term mmo players have identified as very satisfying to be able to play you know it doesn't matter what game you're previously coming from there's a lot of i, I hear so many people who are like dude i'm jumping on wow and it's better than ever and and I'm, and I never liked WoW. You know what I mean? Like and and it's what is WoW doing that is so right that Square Enix is doing that is so wrong? And I think that Strife hit the nail on the head uh, with encounter design. They've really, really got to take a close eye at the way that they're designing these fights and the, the the way that they're designing the instances to become either more satisfying or more engaging for the players. But they're just trying to I think they're just trying to split the difference between two different fan bases and doing a very poor job at trying to attract either one. Because on one side side you get fucking mrs freshly's on the other side you get two you get two shitty raids and two harder raids like neither one of those is terribly satisfactory and um i don't know juxta escalia uh do you want to comment on how satisfying the uh, mrs freshly's was um it was the worst thing i've ever put in my mouth wow wow that's saying something <laughs> sure is now i put a lot of bad things in my mouth now as this show wraps up again 
as this show wraps up, I'm going to be placing an order for three pizzas, a uh, garlic uh, garlic breadsticks, and 1.25 liters of soda to plug in a code to see if I can get entered into a drawing to win a copy of Stormblood that I will then poop on. <laughs> I, I want to go to a place actually and order 1.25 liters of soda like i want specifically <laughs> that much i know you know by the way it, it the reason is is because it's going to take me that long to pass all of that bread and cheese exactly. it'll take at least how long it takes the game to show up assuming that they would ship it to me yeah yeah they, they probably won't no they'd probably just send a code yeah Anyway, all right. Um, uh, thank you, Strife, for the call. And thank you to all our callers today. It was interesting hearing from you guys and hearing about your perspectives on your jobs in Stormblood. Thank you guys for the time. We appreciate it. We love having you call in. If you're listening on the podcast and you're like, oh, man, how can I get in on that? Listen on Sundays starting at uh, 4 o'clock here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio uh, to catch Limit Break Radio from the very start and you can give us a call anytime that we're live with the show we'd love hearing from you and uh you gotta but you gotta tune in live to be able to do that so uh again twitch.tv slash limit break radio and that starts at 4 p.m on sundays except of course for next weekend we're gonna be off next weekend enjoying uh enjoying the holiday weekend i hope that you guys do the same uh we will have something in honor of labor day we won't be laboring yes that is right um on at some point i i, I probably will like air a vodcast or something of maybe some of our best hits or I, I don't know what i'm gonna do just yet um but there will be something on the channel for those that are maybe lonely over the weekend that uh you know you spend every sunday with uh, with limit break radio and then suddenly we disappear it's okay we'll have something here but um thank you guys for allowing us to have a weekend off this is uh, actually going to be uh, i think really needed I, all of us uh need some of this time off i i've gotten to take uh the the most recent vacation out of any of the crew and uh it was really nice to be able to to have that downtime off and and i'd like to you know i just wanted to really be able to share that um with the uh with the rest of the crew and allow them to just have a, a weekend of a breather so um thank you guys for allowing us to do that and the reason that you allow us to do that is because of your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio don't forget to support if you're able to give uh, whatever's comfortable for your budget and uh, you, you can uh, you can do that again over at patreon.com slash limit break radio all right uh, stick around for those that are big fans of checkpoint radio we'll have the live show or not the live show we'll have the full uh, radio show coming up next here on twitch.tv slash limit break radio and if you're listening on the podcast on Tuesdays when the uh, full episode go uh, is available on demand over at checkpointradio.com so if you're listening to the podcast it's available right now go check it out checkpointradio.com all right i want to thank everyone for calling today and uh, everyone for tuning in it's always fun to have you here and i actually think that this worked out like i actually think that doing the show this way uh ended up working out but you know what we're never allowed to do it ever again we'll do it Every single time This from now was on. so much work for me And I had to pay attention To so much shit We didn't even have A single drop here Yeah yeah you it was gotta really be kidding me On this entire show 
Um, but uh, but you know what? Um, that's okay. We're going to be back uh, at full strength. Not next weekend. We have that weekend off, but the following weekend. So I hope you'll join us Actually, here. Actually, I don't think Juxta will be. Yeah, Who I, gives I a shit? That no one cares. No, and no one cares why. No one cares why. Anyway, we'll see you guys. A baby. We'll see you guys uh, in a couple of weeks. Thanks for tuning in. I'm a Nero. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Kahlo Landis, Juxtaposition, and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Aorzi are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Satori Komeji, Dark Flux, Null Package, Shira Hartslot, Nexian Theta, Brian Alexander, Tommy Carlson, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.